heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So 49 of YWC Football Talk. This is probably the biggest episode because it's the most people. This is like this is the Christmas show. That, this is what this is right now. I have got Danny, Matt Beast, Phil, and Big Rat. We got a lot to talk about, boys. Welcome to all of you coming back Hello. on. I know this isn't 50, but this is a very big episode. Yeah, Merry Christmas, truckers! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm from the South. I couldn't cut, so you know. <laughs> you know me. PG, baby. You gotta keep a gimmick. It's all good. It's all good. Um, just quickly getting into things, just wanted to start talking quickly because before we get into week 15, we're also going to talk college football because we got some controversies to talk about, uh, including like when will Blake uh, Baker get fired and Coastal, but Phil's got his rant <laughs> lined up. I'm pretty sure Big Rat heard me say something about Blake Baker. Um, we had quite the game Monday night between the Browns and the Ravens that involved a quarterback potentially almost shitting his pants. Wait, uh, what? Lamar Jackson, you not hear about that? Uh, I thought that was—I thought that was just a, a meme, though. He, 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 he cramped, but he like he was running to the locker room Monday night. It, he said, <laughs> "I mean, it, the, according to Lamar, it's a dumb internet meme." But the yeah, internet meme, yeah. The internet being the internet is not going to let it go. So right, right, of course, of course. You gotta wow. love it. You gotta love it. You, you, you see his car shit? Yeah. yeah. He pulled he's like he pulled. Locker room. He's going he, to locker room. He's broing what? as he's running. Oh, no. That could be the end. Oh, no. Anyways. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing, like, because we need to bring that up quickly because of everything. And then, uh, oh, but, man, besides, obviously, everyone, I hopefully everyone in here is in their uh, league uh, semifinals right now. I know I'm in a couple, and there's a couple leagues that, like, the one Phil and I are in together, we both didn't make the uh, finals now in the consolation. Uh, oh, let me, let me tell you, Griff. Let me just say, insert something okay. real quick, too. I literally, so... Real quick, so in that league, uh, for anyone that listens to the podcast, the people that are in it, me and Griff are obviously in it, and like you said, we didn't make it, right? Well, I was the second seed going into the last week, right? I lost. I missed out on the playoffs. I dropped out because I lost the last week uh, uh, and finished 7-6, to six, right, to uh, miss the playoffs. But I was the leader in the league with points four going into that game. Well, I lost by six points four. That's how the tiebreaker lost. That is the, lo- the most brutal way I've ever missed the playoffs. Yeah, like, uh, literally, though, out of any way to miss the playoffs, like, Jesus Christ, it hurts. Like, I missed the playoffs because my opponent started the Chicago Bears defense, and for some reason, they decided to play football. So, both have salty. Yeah, I I lost lost because, uh, I mean, I just lost. I mean, yeah, I had to bat. I mean, dude, I started the league off at one and four, so the fact that I was even a chance at the end, that's pretty good. So, seven to six. I was a defending champ. Glorious will not win it back-to-back, so. Fortunately not. Um, before we get into games, because obviously there's some big ones this week with a lot of implications on the line. The first one, besides obviously tonight's game that's going on right now, but in all honesty, like I don't think anyone really cares about Raiders and Chargers. Which, and also, dude, this may be sad because this is the last Thursday game of the year, but 
I got to start talking off with Chiefs and Saints. Uh, Matt, how are we feeling after the game last week? Man, that was rough. Um, just, to, just to say the least. The Saints, they just, they just came out and played a terrible game. And they always do this shit, and it pisses me off because they have the first seed in the NFC, and then they always lose to some underwhelming team and just throw it away. And they're going to end up being 13-3 and three or 12-4 and four and not have a bye. Um, I know only one team gets a bye now, so it's harder to get. But even then, uh, they've had multiple 13-3 and three seasons where there's a number three seed, and it just... It just doesn't work out for us well. And, I mean, uh, going into this Chiefs game, I'm a little worried. Um, The jury's still out on Taysom Hill. I don't feel very confident in Taysom Hill, and I hope Drew Brees is a starter. If Drew Brees is a starter, I think we could win because that's just the kind of Saints crap that goes on. We lose to a terrible team, and then we go beat one of the better teams in the league. But uh, if Taysom's the quarterback, I don't think we're going to win. So let me answer. I, I don't uh, answer myself on this. So to respond to Matt, so let me ask you a question. As a Saints fan, like obviously, like you're saying, this year you you confidently, if you could have a choice, you choose Breeze, right? But like, would you rather Breeze get rushed back, or would you rather it be the right time <coughs> to like healthy to come back? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're already I mean, in the playoffs. The, this, well, right, but this could be literally the end of the, an era for Breeze, no matter what. So, yeah. I mean, we're already in the playoffs, and I don't really want him out there unless he's 110%, and we can just take a loss to the Chiefs. That's fine. Right. Um, and just hopefully wrap up the division in the next couple weeks, maybe. Well, um, yeah. Because I don't, I don't really think, see yeah. the Packers losing another game the rest of the season, honestly. So I don't think we're going to end up with the number one seed no matter what um, because well, what we I lost that too, privilege. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I would say, too, now that there's only one, like I know it makes it, like in a sense, more important, but I feel like, the Saints don't need it to win at all. I don't think. But. Uh, I, don't I, think they do. I think we, I think we do because we've seen how uh, my team likes well, to perform in the playoffs lately. Right. Well, well, that's true. But I'm saying, I guess it depends on who they play, and I think it's you know dome and outdoors and stuff. But I, I don't. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Well, well, Matt, Matt, wouldn't you? Obviously, yes. Green Bay is probably going to end up winning out, but they do get the Titans. You know, like if there is a. You could not impossible to see them losing that game, so there is still enough of a chance. Yeah, I mean, you still obviously got to go out and play. Um, you just got to put yourself in the best position to win. And I mean, if Drew Brees can go and he's healthy, and there's not going to be any repercussions from going out there and playing, then I want him out there to play because he gives us the best chance to win. Because I don't, I don't want Taysom Hill in a shootout uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, it's right, just. Right. Not, not what, not what I want. But uh, well, the thing that scares me is the Saints' interior offensive line is playing subpar right now, and I would not want to see Drew Brees get hit quite a bit coming right off that injury. Well, that's what, like, that's my thing. Like to me, like I don't know, because like you're obviously like you know you're like obviously like you with the like like, like me with the Patriots or whatever, and I, or, or anybody else in this call with their team, like. I was just asking you because, like, you know, like, you probably follow, like, you read into it, you read everything. Like, I know you're a super fan like me, so, like, that's my thing. Like, I just didn't know if, like, like, if Breeze isn't 100%, he's not ready. Like, to me, I would be like, okay, well, worst case scenario, you lose this year and you get it one more shot next year, like, a full healthy Breeze, you know? But I don't know, like, is Breeze done no matter what or, like, you know what I'm saying? So. Oh, I think he's done. I do, too. I mean, yeah, I do, too. So, it's like, me, I like, you want Breeze to come back because you don't want his last game to be whatever week it was, like, week what, you know, it's like. 
Yeah. That's why I asked. That's why I asked. Yeah. But I, will say, I understand. I will say I, I honestly, honestly, if I can, if I can be honest in an unbiased way, and I love Drew Brees, he's probably one of my favorite quarterbacks outside of uh, the obvious. But so, like, I do think that you got the best chance. I don't know. You like I said, you've watched more games than me this year, probably than the Saints. But like, I think the best chance to win for y'all is Taysom Hill. Me personally, though, if if not a hundred percent, Drew Brees is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not very big on Taysom Hill. He hasn't really done a whole lot right. to impress me. The j- just to get into a very short tangent on him, I mean, uh, his he he has his positives and his negatives. Like he's accurate with the ball. Like he completes a high clip of his throws, which is a good thing. Granted, he's in a Sean Payton offense, and that's gonna cater towards uh, that's gonna be a result of being in that offense. But like. He he just doesn't have that internal clock. His internal clock is off, and it could be the fact that he just hasn't started a whole bunch of games, and sometimes that comes with time. But the thing with Taysom is he's already 30, so he doesn't really have a lot of time to get that. And plus he has this major fumbling issue where he's fumbled like 10 times this season already, and he's only started oh, four wow, games. Yeah. It's not a good stat at all, and he just has a terrible time of that. And for whatever reason, I feel like he's being confined to the pocket and not running, which is his strong suit. That could help a lot, but I don't, I don't understand. Like, uh, kind of like how Jalen Hurts last week, they yeah, ran yeah. him a lot. They need to run Taysom Hill a little bit more, but it's kind of scary when he's fumbling all the time. And uh, well, I just, I just have a lot of issues yeah, with him. Yeah. Well, one more thing, and I know I've been talking too much. I'll shut up. But <laughs> uh, one thing I'll comment on that though, or one more question, follow up question. So is, would you say like? In my opinion, I would say I know my, my answer, but like, would you say that Taysom Hill is better or worse than Bridgewater was last year when he came in? Um, in terms of ceiling, maybe Taysom's a little bit higher, but I prefer Teddy just because he's a really good backup. Um, in that situation, he was he served as a really good game manager, and uh, I don't know the, the the fact that Teddy just doesn't really turn over the ball, and Taysom has a tendency with all these fumbles going on if. Taysom didn't have the fumble issue going on. I would maybe say Taysom, but uh, but yeah, yeah. R- right now I would say yeah. Teddy. I agree. I agree, and, and I think Bridgewater has more like uh, experience at the starting position, so I think that's probably why. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Daniel Jones fumbles a lot too. I mean, he's, he's young, so. Yep. Yeah. Um, just on a note with everyone else, so so, but who are we picking to win this game on Sunday? And also, I'd like to make a note too. The last time that the Saints had a big game, it was against the Bucks. They won 38-3, to and Matt happened to come on the podcast before that, so hopefully some uh, good luck for Sunday afternoon. Oh, I hope so. Um, the fan in me is just going to pick the Saints, but realistically, if Taysom Hill's out there, the Chiefs are probably going to win, unless our defense just goes super crazy, but uh, Tyreek Hill scare- scares me. Uh, I'll, I'll answer since I've been talking the most in a second. Uh, my pick, honestly, I'm going to go with upset. I think it's at home in New, in, in New Orleans. I mean, not that that's not really a big thing this year, but it's in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to go with the Saints and the upset. And the only reason I say that is, and we'll get to this later, I'm not as impressed like with the Chiefs so far. But yeah, that's my pick. Close game though. I think it'd be a close game, field goal kind of thing. But. Big rat. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually also going to pick the upset. Um, mainly because. This logic is faulty in the NFL, but it seems to work out a lot of the time. Just think the Chiefs are kind of due um, in a weird way. 
I don't think the Chiefs care that much about this game. I mean, they obviously look, it's a big game. They never want to lose. They're professionals. I get all that. They now kind of have a two-game lead over the Steelers. It's not just a one-game lead. Um, it's a two-game lead because they have the tie break over them. Oh, and this is and this is an NFC game. If they lose this game and the Steelers beat the Bengals, they'll still be ahead of the Steelers with the last two weeks with the Falcons and Chargers at home as their last two games. So I just think the Saints are going to be up for this. I think I, I understand it's unlikely that they get the one seed, but I do think it's important. I think the buy, it's, it's less about the home field than it is about the bye, like just getting that extra week of rest. Mm-hmm. It's all, I mean, and you know that, Matt, like a lot of those guys in that team have been there for a long time, you know, a lot of injuries, like you're going to want to kind of get them into form a little bit. So I do think, I, even though it's unlikely, I do think the Saints are going to treat it kind of like a must-win game for that reason. Because, you know, the Packers could lose to the Titans. It's not crazy. The Packers run defense is awful. And the Derrick Henry destroys teams in December. So I think the Saints are going to go all out. I think this is going to be one of those organizational victories where you get, like, a special teams touchdown, where you get, like, a, like a turnover or two by the defense. Like, just kind of like the whole team coming out. I know Taysom has his flaws, but – the Chiefs' run defense is still pretty suspect. I wouldn't be surprised if Taysom puts 100 yards on the ground. I, we're coming off his loss, so this is kind of a buy-low spot because he looked so bad and they lost to a bad team and all that. But still, Sean Payton is, whatever the record is, 8-1 and one with a backup quarterback the last two years. Yep. And the Chiefs are traveling. The Chiefs can lose the game and still have the one seed. I just think this is going to be one of those organizational wins, and I'm picking the Saints yeah. in the other well, one thing I'll say to that, what you just said, uh, there, the fall, I agree with you. Like, you, you, me and you are big advocates of this, right? It's not a what have you done for me lately league. That's what people like to make it. But it's like it's more so like groups. Like, what is the team doing in groups of games? Like, consistent games. You can't just like overreaction. Like, overreaction Monday might be the better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing people overreact because they lost to the Eagles. So I think that's a good point. Cool. Would you agree with you? No, we haven't heard from Danny in a while. Danny, um, Danny what's going on? Um, is Breeze completely ruled out? Um, he's not completely ruled out. Um, he's designated to return from IR. We'll see how it goes with the practice on Friday. I'd also like to add in that Michael Thomas has not practiced two days in a row. All right, so I'm going to agree with everyone if Breeze is playing. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the spark plug the offense has been waiting for. And another thing you guys failed to mention is Tyree Kill came up a little bit in that, uh, at the end of the Dolphins game with his hamstring. So you got to kind of watch out for that, how the Chiefs offense is going to be without him because he's obviously a huge chunk of that offense. Um, and I agree with Big Rat. I think, I think the Chiefs are due for a loss. It almost happened. Thank God it didn't last Sunday. So if Breeze plays, I'm going Saints. If not, it's going to be closer than we think, but I'm going to go with Chiefs. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and also, too, boys, besides uh, obviously this Saturday is the uh, big day for college football because of all the conference championships. We've got two games in the NFL this Saturday, so this is a full oh, yeah, play of games. Yeah, yeah. We have the Garbage Bills, game. Broncos, and we have the Panthers and the Packers, which are two kind Ew. of bad games. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't it, realize that. Ooh, gross. Yeah, like God. 4 o'clock. I'll be going between this and Clemson-Notre Dame, but I'll be more focused uh, on – I know, Phil, that rubs you the wrong way. On Notre Dame game, obviously, than Bills-Broncos, because I think we can all agree that the Bills should win this game. But one thing I want to point out is that the Broncos are actually 3-0 and against the AFC East so far this year. And, and the Broncos, like, as someone who just went through this as a Dolphins fan, the late-season game in Mile High, 
like is very much a trap spot because yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for even though they don't have Von Miller and they've had all these injuries, that defense is still a top ten defense by every metric. Fangio is like what Sean Payton is to offense. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. almost like doesn't matter who his starters are, he gets the defense to be a top defense no matter what. So I could very well like I think Ooh. the book I can very well see Denver covering a six-point spread in this game. Big Rat, thank, see, so thank you, Big Rat. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't believe I'm agreeing with you right now, but won't be later probably. But like, but like, no. So, like, that's my thing. Like, I think that like people don't look at actual like overall. Like, they watch one game, or they get like, oh, they look at records. Like, you can't. You have to analyze football. Like, that's how it works. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I had to learn that. I actually learned a lot of it through YouTube. Take like when you talk to people, other people, and realize your opinion doesn't mean shit, or you know, doesn't work. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, I just broke K-Fade, but anyways. So like you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to, uh, to, uh, to analyze it as a whole. And it's like the Broncos defense. Like I didn't, like I watched, like I didn't watch that game. I like I communicated with Griff. I couldn't find. I think I was working or something. I can't remember Griff. But like he was telling me stuff, and I'm like, that defense is not like. Yeah, it sucks to lose to the Broncos. Like we needed that win, but like, yeah. So like, yeah. Like I think the Broncos defense is better than you, like you think. I mean, that's not not Von Miller, but I mean that that defense isn't far removed from a Super Bowl run. So. I just personally feel like the Broncos are like a good offensive coach away from potentially being back in the fold. Like, no, like Pat Shermer is a good offensive mind, but the thing is too with Fangio, I feel like Fangio runs too much of an old school style team to succeed in this league. I feel like they need to get someone like a fresher mind in there. That's just me though. Like no knocks on Fangio, one a really good defensive head coach. But I just feel like he's one of those guys where it's like, look, he's 62. So if you can get someone younger in there, kind of like either – Joe Brady or someone of like that kind of cat, that standard into the Denver Broncos, that's going to be a good team going forward. And I also know I knocked the AFC West earlier too, because this Charger Raider game, I could care less about right now, especially with Marcus Mariota and at quarterback, but wait, what, wait, what? Yeah. Carter got hurt. Um, this division for the next few years, if the Raiders Chargers and Broncos get their shit together, it can be very, com- not, I, I'm not exactly saying it's going to be competitive, but it's not going to be as easy for Kansas City to get all these like rollover wins as it everyone thought it once would be. Yeah, and um, it's also because of the quarterback quality. Like yeah. the Holmes with Herbert and the Raiders. Like no matter how you feel about Carr, it's just very clear Gruden has the team improved. They're on an upward trajectory. Like right, they've risen from perennial top ten pick in the draft, top five pick in the draft team to you know being on the seller, being the sixth seed, which. I get that's not where you want to be, but it's something. It's a start. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm the, the surefire way to make a division more competitive is to infuse new quarterback quality. So, right, and and so so the Broncos are playing the Bills, right? Yep. Great. So what? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be like obviously the Patriots, and we'll get to that. Are out or legally or not legally? I don't know what that word. Or uh, technically, you know, or not technically. Whatever I'm trying to say. Out of they can't win the AFPs. So like, uh, and we'll get to that. Trust me, but like, so like, I'm not trying to be biased <laughs> in the situation, but uh, shut up, Danny. <laughs> we're uh, or big right, whoever that was. So yeah, so I mean, I, I, anyways, I don't. I'm just saying, like, I think the Broncos will make it closer than people realize. I guess is what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm the same. I think that the Bills win, but the Broncos cover the six and a half point spread. Like, I could see this game also being lower scoring, like maybe, let's say, twenty four to twenty. Ooh, Mariota. Dude, what happened? Uh, Car, I think, had a groin injury. No, no. my God. Oh, 
Could have just Mariota threw a fucking dime to Darren Waller. Oh my Two god, great brother, bro, baby. Bro, bro, Mariota's not a bad quarterback. I already know about this. He he looks spectacular on this drive. Like my lord, like three dimes and a tough run. It's crazy. No, he, like I think I think we talked about this. He's not like he didn't. <laughs> oh, what a throw! I my feet is behind. I'm watching on my computer huh? through oh, the zone, but. Oh my God, that was a dime to Waller. I tried to tell him to go, man. I tried to tell him to go. You did, Danny. Danny, I was a witness to that. You did. You did. All right. Um, I love my boy Derek Carr, though. I love, yeah. I, I, I'm just, yeah. So I think we're all in agreement, though, that the Bron- that the uh, Bills are going to win, but the Broncos will cover the spread. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I can see yeah, the Bills I covering. I can, but it'll, it'll probably be closer than most people think. Yeah, there, um, there's, been, there's been two different Broncos teams that I've seen. I've seen the Jets drop almost 30 points on them, and then I've seen a Broncos team that has beat Miami, New England. So depends which one shows up. And then the Broncos team that also too held can- uh, um, almost beat Kansas City. Yep, that is true. Um, next one up. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this Panthers Packers. Um, besides fantasy football, like I'm pretty sure this is going to be the opposite. Like where. The Packers win, but they're gonna. I think there's a good chance they cover this eight and a half point spread. But at the same time, too, the Panthers can be a frisky football team. Can be a what? So Panthers Packers. I'm saying that, like the, the Panthers are that weird team where they're not that good, but they can be frisky. Like you don't know exactly what you're gonna get out of them week to week. Like one week they could be good, then one week they could suck. They they almost beat the Chiefs. They were like a 60 yard field goal away from beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Like they're, yeah. they're wild like that. Yeah, I'm like, like, I, they could get. I mean, this is going to sound like I'm not saying I'm not making a real statement because it's just what the Panthers are. Like, they could, know, yeah. they could be frisky and almost win but lose, or they can lose by 20 like they do to the Bucks. Like, you just, it's, it's hard to tell. Well, well hey, uh, wouldn't you agree? Like, a lot of teams are like that this year. Like, I, I think, like, like the Pats, they got blown out by the Rams, but like, blew up the Chargers and, and, and almost beat the Chiefs. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm not, I keep referencing the Pats. I know that's not like a freaking homer. But, no, like, so, like, seriously, though, like, I think that that's a lot. Like, people – shout out to Alex, and we'll get out, we'll get on that uh, train a little bit later. But, like, Alex was getting on me on Twitter about, like – Alex Lorenzo, by the way – was getting on me on Twitter about the fact that COVID is – like, oh, all teams have dealt with COVID. Like, the, no, all – like, the COVID – COVID is legit – affected these teams that have like have new quarterbacks like the Panthers Bridgewater and Brady uh Brady uh Joe Brady and then you know Tom Brady with the Bucks and then you have you know Newton with, like all these guys that have had you know new new roles is what I'm getting at like I think quarterback position is hard when it's like you got to learn a new system or whatever you know what I'm saying like yeah but yeah but I think Phil the difference there? between the um the Patriots and the Panthers obviously is that the Patriots no one knew what we were they were going to get out of them the Panthers had no expectations to go into the year. This was a team people thought that was going to win maybe two, three games max. The fact right. that they're four and nine, and Matt Matt Rule and Joe Brady have like really set up a good system so far. Like, obviously they went very defensive heavy. I believe they drafted all defenders in last year's draft. They're only have, have set themselves up to be further successful. Like Matt Rule's first year in has gone better than I think a lot of people have expected. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, they've. I mean, they were in the middle of a playoff race not that long ago. Things have kind of fallen apart down the stretch. That they had, they, they were an interesting. All of their draft picks, literally every single one, was devoted to defense, and all of like all their defensive starters were either rookies or sophomores or something like that. And now you're kind of seeing, as you hit a rookie wall, you know, towards the end of the season, 
it's kind of affecting instead of affecting just one or two rookies, it's affecting the entire defense because that's literally like it's literally the entire starting lineup. So it's, it's it might it might make them like stumble some of these games down the stretch, but it's still a lot of good signs to look forward to when you're projecting for 2021. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, are we all in So just to move on quickly from this one, though, Packers win. Yeah, yeah. I think the Packers are going to win this one. But I think they cover yeah. the in half point spread. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me if the Panthers covered, but it also wouldn't shock me if the Packers covered. Yeah, well, one thing, one other thing I will say though is like the, uh, I don't know a good example, but I do think like the I look at the Panthers as kind of like that team that like I don't know they're not far off kind of thing. Like you know, like a good example from last year where like a t- or like a team like was like close in games and then like turned it over the next season or whatever. They were kind of like the Dallas Cowboys of last year, but there was not as the expectations weren't there. Because remember how Dallas was like like winning against like the bad teams, but then they like got they could not beat a playoff team. It's kind of a similar thing with Carolina, but Carolina's even too. How you said earlier, they held Kansas City. They also went toe to toe with the Saints at the end of October. If uh, I remember that Matt, where it was literally the same thing. A I got fifty six yard field goal that Sly missed to yep. basically end the game. Yep, right. it was a uh, it was definitely a nail biter game for sure. I mean the Panthers. Uh, I mean it's a division game to be fair. Um, so some division games can always be played really tough. And uh, I mean the Panthers are looking promising. Um, it's just a fact of putting it all together and winning these close games because that's that's what can separate a uh, decent team from a great team. You just go out there and win these close games because I mean. Just ask the Chargers, like, how many close games have they had? And if they've won most of those, where would they be sitting at right now? Uh, not having their head coach taking over special teams play calling? Yeah. <laughs> um, the next game, so, boys, we're done with Saturday. We're on to Sunday. We haven't actually, Matt, you brought up divisional games because the first one on the, my docket is a divisional one with the Texans visiting the Colts, and the Colts are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, the more I see this Colts team, I'm starting to believe that they're a I, – I, no disrespect to Phillip Rivers, but if they can get a long-term, like, a younger quarterback in there, I think this is a Super Bowl contender for the next few years. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's very promising to see Jonathan Taylor finally emerging because uh, I feel like me and Big Rat and you and Griff, you, we talked about this at one time. We are yeah. talking about Jonathan Taylor. And I uh, know Big Rat has him in Dynasty. I have him in a couple leagues. And uh, to see him actually flourishing made me so happy because, uh, yeah, it's uh, very nice to see. And, I mean, this team is built very well. The defense is good. Got a great offensive line. Got some young offensive playmakers. Big Rat called out the Michael Pittman game um, yep. where he finally uh, merged. So that's good to see. Another young playmaker for that team. And, uh, yeah, if they could just get a young quarterback, I don't know uh, what they could do there. Maybe they bring in some free agent. Maybe maybe give Sam Darnold a try. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you never know. But uh, yeah. for, now with with Phillip Rivers, for now with Philip Rivers, maybe they can make some strides in the playoffs. We'll just have to see how it goes. Um, one thing I'll play, oh, um, I was going to say, there's actually one quarterback I could see. Because Chris, Chris Ballard's that kind of a general manager where he's very aggressive and he, like, He'll do what it takes to win. And this may be controversial, but there is one quarterback I would not be shocked if they went after, but this would be with trade. And that's Carson Wentz, because we obviously know the history with him and Frank Wright. The more I'm thinking about it, if Hurts kind of shows out in these last three games to the Eagles, I wouldn't be shocked if you started hearing rumblings of Wentz to the Colts. The, 
Uh, so I would say I agree with, I definitely agree with if they're going to move on from Wentz, the Colts would be interested. Frank Reich knows him very well. Need a young, need a younger quarterback at least. Cause I know Wentz is still kind of in his late twenties. Um, but nonetheless, like I, I definitely understand all that. I will say I, the first part of that, I, I was reading a lot of the stuff from Shield Capadia from the athletic about the Wentz situation and what they think is going to happen. And he thinks at least it would take a lot for them to not give him another chance because mm. even if Hertz plays well, it's only a four game sample. Like we saw Geno Smith, uh, Danny would know this like December of 2014 had like this brilliant four game stretch where he had like over a 130 passer rating or something like that. We just saw Drew Locke last year and on a hot five game streak. And that's why they gave him a full another year. He just doesn't think it'd be enough. And the cap, the cap consideration is so strong because even if they trade him, they're still going to have to take some sort of a cap. In that. He thinks it would take a lot. Like it's not just them going four. No, they would have to go four. No Hertz would have to light it up. Hertz would have to do more as a passer. because He didn't really do a whole lot as a passer in that same team. And he just mm-hmm. didn't see it. So while I agree, if they were to move him, it would be to Indy and Indy would be interested. I, I just think it would take a lot. We're talking like Dak Prescott level rookie performance. I think to get them to really give up on Carson. No, I get that. So maybe, if anything, it's a 2022 move for the uh, Colts. Oh, also possible, yeah. Yeah. Good move. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, With this game, though, like, Houston's that same team as Carolina, though, where one week they look good like they did against the Patriots or even the Lions, and then they just laid this egg against the Chicago Bears that no one saw coming, in which I will say this. I said this Monday. If there was ever a week for Mitch Trubisky to play well, it was last week. Yeah. 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 He played great. And the Texans are kind of, I mean, I, I'm not saying it to disrespect the Colts, but I, I do kind of think they're a little dangerous here. You know, this is classic NFL. They just got blown out. Everyone's discounting them. Everyone's writing them off. And now they're seven and a half point underdogs in a division game. They almost beat the Colts two weeks ago. Literally, they had a, they had a drive in the red zone to win the game, and then they Deshaun in the center fumbled the snap. Like, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Houston's dangerous. I think they're the kind of team that can give Indianapolis problems. I think they're going to cover the spread. I don't know if they're going to win. That might be going a bridge too far. But yeah, that loss was embarrassing, and Mitch lit them up. You know, Mitch Mitch Trubisky against terrible defenses can do well. That's what separates him and Foles, Danny. Even when Foles, gets- <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going. Because even when Foles gets a terrible defense, like when he played the Titans earlier this year, he can't do anything because you can't score with a Nick Foles offense. You just can't. <laughs> Listen, man, Nick Foles would have did the same exact thing Mitch Trubisky did oh. against these bum well, Texans who have given up because they lost Will Fuller, they lost Bradley Roby, the team is going to mail it in. Um, oh, what about this weekend when Mitch plays the Vikings, who Nick Foles couldn't score at all against? Right? He only had six points of offense. So you're, you're telling me you're going to double down on Mitchell Trubisky right now and say he's going to go out and have a good game? He is better than Nick Foles. I'll do this. He will play better this Sunday than Nick Foles did against the Vikings a few weeks ago. They're both not playing for anything anymore, though, man. Oh, man. Um, true. They're not. They're one game out of the 60. What the fuck are you talking about? This is a, this game, the Bears-Vikings game is a literal loser-leaves-town game. And I have stats from that Monday night football game. 15 for 26, 106 yards thrown, no touchdowns, a pick, and 51.1 quarterback rating. And they scored six points on offense. Six. Against- um, I don't even think that was an offensive score. I think it was a special team score. Well, yeah, that, yeah, I know. They scored, they scored 13 for the game. 
Seven of that came from special teams. So they scored six offensive points against the fucking Vikings defense, who everyone has a good day. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, it was two nah, oh, he's right. No, he's it was right two field that. goals and a Cordell Patterson thing. Foles yeah. did not have a touchdown. He only led them to six, like six two field points. goals. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Allen Robinson was out that game. Could be mistaken, but I'm not pretty sure. sure. He was not. Nah, I Alan Robinson, nine receptions, 120. Th- oh, wait. It, oh, I'm looking at the Houston stats. Um, I was going to say he had like nine receptions for 123 yards. I'm like, Foles didn't even throw Alan, something. Allen Robinson had six catches for 43 yards in that game. And he averaged about 7.2, uh, 7.2 yards. Yeah, it was one of it was one of his worst fantasy days of the year because he had a terrible quarterback throwing him the ball. Hey, I remember that game. I I was playing against Allen Robinson. I had Adam Thielen, and I won because of that game. <laughs> hey, man. Clearly, Maggie can't play calls, man. I mean, uh, call plays. <laughs> That's what I no, can no, say. He, this this oh. is also not true. No, no, this is also a lie. He gave a play calling that game. That was the first yeah. game that yeah. Did yeah. yeah, he is right. Big, Big Red is right. Big Red is right. Yeah. Danny, you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. You're going to get humiliated by Mitch fucking Trubisky of all people. The, the not even that high. All he has to do is have like 150 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He'd still be better. Listen, listen, listen. listen. The Pat fan's going to speak for a second. Listen, okay? Nick Foles lit up the one of the most cakewalk in the league in the Super Bowl. I don't hear shit. Okay? He was nothing. Anybody could have beat that defense in the Super Bowl. I'm done. <laughs> Except for Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah, Blake, Blake Bortles is not good. Blake, <laughs> Blake Bortles also, is not good. Also, Blake, Blake, oh, Bortles, damn, but... Blake Bortles also damn near did it. He was yeah, like... He did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he choked. He choked. Rest my case. Anyway. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if I want, it, it, just yeah. on to the next note. You know what? Um, I was going to talk Lions-Titans next, but since we're on it, I think we, it. Bears. we have to talk Bears-Vikings next because of that. Oh, we have to stay on this Mitch oh, Trubisky yeah, nick Foles thing. I will say one thing, though, um, about Houston, and I want to see if everyone agrees with this. I would not be surprised if J.J. Watt gets traded this offseason. Not saying because it's a bad move, but I'm saying just to clear up cap and to get draft picks back. I'm like, yeah, they trade him to they, a def- they definitely need to uh, pick up some assets because uh, Bill O'Brien kind of burned that franchise to the ground. And I know it's just one whole year, but one whole year can set you back so far um, missing out on draft class, especially when you're when you would have had a pick as high as this. And I'm sure Big Rat is probably like super excited uh with these picks that they're going to be getting from the Texans because uh, not a very, not a very smart move by that franchise. It's a very fun like subplot on Dolphins Twitter. Like everyone like tracks the Texans box score very, very closely and like always starts memes over the guys that beat the Texans. Like there were a bunch of Mitchell Trubisky ones last week and Phillip Rivers the week before. It's been fun. It's been fun rooting for them and watching them actually lose every week. Unlike last year where they made the playoffs. One can only yeah, when you have their draft pick, of course it is. Um, so I think also to Danny and Bit Matt, I don't know if we heard from you. Do we both think Colts are winning this week, or I think the Colts defense has started to slip a lot. Uh, no one's really talking about that. They're not playing how they started off the year, which was damn near elite, you know, best in the league. Um, but you know the the Texans have lost too much, man. They got they got Chad Hansen, a Jets wide receiver, fourth round pick. 
uh, going out there and catching, you know, six balls for 80 yards, which is unheard of. So when you're, when you're relying on guys like that, I don't think you really have a chance, bro. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I love the guy. He's a great quarterback, and he's just in a bad situation. I feel bad for the guy. But uh, I got the Colts here. All right. And um, since yeah, you got yeah, – I didn't oh. pick. I didn't pick, bro. Sorry, Phil. Sorry. Um, I don't know why I keep saying bro. I sound like such a troll. Um, no, uh, I have got the Colts as well. But I do think the Texans uh, do look good. I agree with what Big Rat said about the Texans. And uh, they beat us. And I'm always impressed by a team that beats us, even if we're not as good as we used to be. So, Bill Belichick still. So, just saying. No, nah, like, I think this is, like, the same thing as Bill's Broncos. I think Colts win, but Texans cover the spread. Like I said before, I wanted to talk Lions-Titans next because it was on. But we're going to jumble up the order. Um, I got to get into this Bears Viking talk with y'all because it got heated. I want to know. Oh, does Mitch, we're, we're, I, I think we're that, really going to talk about a mean, meaningless game. <laughs> do it just for the Nick Foles banter between Big Rat and Danny. That's oh my god! Part. All right, I'm gonna take a nap. Big Rat better <laughs> hope that, that that Trubisky doesn't get hurt here, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Why? So Nick Foles can score a field goal? Nick, oh. Nick, Nick Foles is the king of coming in mid-game, oh, that, lighting it up, and winning the, the game for yeah. his team. See, Danny's running out of, like, so many. He keeps losing on this Nick Foles argument over and over again. It's always something else. It's about situation. Maggie's fault. The Robinson was hurt. The new thing, okay, he, he'll be terrible as the starter, but if he comes in mid-game, that's when he'll actually be a great quarterback all of a sudden. That's uh, a spark plug, man. You better damn well hope something to brag about. You better hope he doesn't put a visor on his helmet ever again, man. It's okay because when he comes in mid game, he could do two touchdowns, and Mackey would still start Trubisky the next week because he knows that Mitch Trubisky is clearly a better quarterback than Nick Foles, which says so much about Foles, man. <laughs> like more so than it says anything about Trubisky. Yeah, I do have a couple hot takes about this. Um, about like with last week going to this week though. I think that game may have been just a little bit enough to say, not save Nagy's job, but at least kind of take the heat off of him for getting fired and everything like that. But I wouldn't be shocked still if either Bill Lazor or Ryan Pacer let go at the end of the year because they do need someone more offensively capable at offensive coordinator. Okay, uh, Carr just had a weird, awkward step and kind of pulled the muscle or something. Hey, hey, can I, can I answer something real quick? Yep. Uh, this is going to kind of come out of nowhere, but it does tie to my roots as Coastal, and it'll make sense later. Can I just uh, give the condolences to the family of Lorenzo Talaferro, former Coastal Carolina running back uh, that was found dead uh, this week. Um, he was rushed to the hospital and just didn't make it. Guys, I just want to, I don't know, thoughts to his family and prayers. But just a uh, uh, shout-out also to Darren Waller. This will make me think about it, and Miguel tweeted it to me. Thanks, Miguel. Uh, shout-out to Darren Waller for throwing up the 3-4 for him. So thank you, guys. But Darren Waller, that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's a very. I don't expect, yeah, I don't expect a lot of people to know. Who, who, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't expect a lot of people to know who he is. But I. I, I mean, I don't. No, I gotta look at stats and stuff. I don't know if they like if there's because Coastal for those I don't know is with an FBS team for a while. I don't know how much uh, like records are on the thing or, or like like are kept online or whatever. But anyways, but I wanted to look it up. But like I think Lorenzo Talavera was if he's not, he's up there in, in uh, most rushing yards in Coastal history. So. It was really sad, for especially because of how good we're doing. <clears throat> Sorry, I had inserted that. Yeah. Fun storyline. I'm just looking right here on Twitter. Uh, Courtesy, actually, I think Big Rat's had a little bit of issues with her before, but uh, Mina Kim's on uh, Twitter, ESPN reporter. 
Um, she tweeted out saying, if Marcus Mariota starts uh, next weekend, 100% of the televisions in Hawaii might tune in. Because next week, maybe Mariota versus Tua. Yeah. Me, I'm bro versus little bro. I just want to clear it up very quickly. I like Mina a lot as an analyst. She just she got into a war with Dolphins Twitter about the Dolphins Dolphins offensive line, which she said was horrible, one of the worst in the league. And while most metrics say that it's average, not that we think it's great, it's just it's outdated to say it's the worst in the league like it was last year. And, you know, I mean, she has to cover 32 teams. This shit is hard. It's hard to know the details of every little team all the time. But she doubled down on it. And then she started fighting with Dolphins Twitter and it got into a big fight. And now every time Tua doesn't get, like, I think uh, against the Chargers, he had zero sacks. It was only pressured once. And everyone just spammed her, sending her that stat line over and over and over again. So it's, it's, it's become hostile, to say the least. I understand. It's more of a just Dolphins Twitter thing in general, not a big rat versus Mina thing. Um, but with this Vikings, just back to the Vikings, I just saw that on Twitter. I want to point that out. But just to the Vikings-Bears game, I'm not afraid to say this. I am going – the the Vikings are favored by three, but I'm picking the Bears to win. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. The Vikings just don't look good right now. Okay. I'm going – I'm going to pick the Vikings because they're going to end up as a seventh seed and they're going to play the Saints and somehow beat them in the playoffs again because my life <laughs> is a joke. Oh, Breeze, I hope, I'm not, I hope not, bro. I'm going with Breeze, the Vikings and they will cover the spread. Yeah, I got, I got the Bears, bro. I got the Bears. Right. Well, one thing to watch, Dalvin Cook, kind of like how Mitch Trubisky only plays well against the Lions, it's actually the reverse here. This is the one team that Dalvin Cook never plays well against in, in his career. Like, I guess it's the D-line. Maybe it's the scheme. I don't know what it is. But Dalvin Cook never has a big day against the Bears. And it's really hard to – it's really hard to – it's really hard for the Vikings to beat anybody if Dalvin Cook's going to be shut down. So that would be something to watch. That's all. Yeah. There's also a um, second – someone on the Bears' secondary. I'm forgetting the name. It's not Buster Screen. It's someone else. Um, they were saying that how he held Justin Jefferson into, like, nothing, too, in that Bears-Vikings game. So it was just, those are just a couple quick fantasy things to like look over for this weekend. And big rat, I love. I forgot about the Dalvin Cook stat, but I love hearing it because I do play someone who has like a monster lineup, and Dalvin Cook is one of his running backs. So yeah, yeah. I have Dalvin. I had Dalvin. I had Dalvin Cook in my work league. And why am I echoing all of a sudden? Sorry. And and literally, literally, uh, was laughed at for taking him top five, I believe, or maybe. Six, I think I can't remember. So suck it, haters. You don't know your stuff. Not my problem. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, listen, listen. I'm a vocal guy. If you gonna if you gonna come at me, if you gonna come at me, know your shit. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> the first Phil curse of the day drops. Um, all, I'm gonna, all, all I'm gonna say is, uh, and uh, uh, Big Rat will know what I'm talking. This guy's hot. <laughs> He's a little heated right now. I love it. Um, moving on now, we got Lions at Titans. Do we expect like there's no this game right now? Do we expect anything out of the Lions with Matt Stafford with a Drew Brees injury with the ribs, and the probably the most bizarre injury I've seen in the world? But Frank Rag now with a fractured throat. Like I want to know how. And I will say this: if this was an injury a girl suffered she would be getting chirped so hard for it. And there'd be so many jokes of a certain variety. 
Right. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, 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 yo, what's going on? I don't know. We've lost it. It's 2020. It's 2020, bro. <laughs> Off the rails. I do not care. It's 2020, bro. If you at this no, point I... expect any. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I cut you off. No, I'm just going to say, like, uh, Danny, like, if you expect anything not to happen in 2020, you have not been living. You've been in a rock, so, okay? Not our problem, right? <laughs> Bro, Coastal Carolina is eleven and zero in twenty twenty. I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> nah, like but um, to, to add to that, uh, no, I, I couldn't care less about this game at all. No, Which game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just care if Derrick Henry rushes for like two hundred yards again. That's all I care about. Right, right. This will be the game that Red Zone forgot. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I got Titans. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be on Red Zone a lot because you could see Derrick Henry scoring a lot. Uh, no, it'll just be like or, or no, Matt. You know what it will be? Okay. It'll be that game on Red Zone where you see like the uh, replay of the touchdown on like the Fox Game Break or the CBS like like <laughs> up the minute update. I'm not sure what CBS is called, but like when they go say like, "Hey, going on in this game," and it's like, "Yeah, here's Derrick Henry running." Like you're gonna see more highlights of his actual runs and the actual game itself, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably how it's going to be. I mean, Titans are going to run away with this game. Um, no, no, no metaphor or no pun intended, or actually pun intended. Sure. To any of the gamblers out there, I don't know. I don't know who gambles or not, but something to look at maybe here would be Derrick Henry um, with three touchdowns. You can usually get really, really high odds there. So if you want to sprinkle a couple of dollars on that, I think that that's really possible. Danny, Danny, what's the explain one real quick about like so like the single player stuff? Do they like actually like post that just like they do game stuff and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, yeah, yeah. um, you can you can you know, with my personal book, I can like say say I take a wide receiver, right? I can bet on any kind of yards that I want. So say sixty four yards, seventy five yards, ninety yards. I could I could pick whatever I wanted to bet, and depending on what the original line is. So say you know we'll go we'll go with. Keenan Allen tonight was over 65 yards for even money. So right. the more high. So say I went to 90 yards, he could probably, he's probably like plus 175, something like that. Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The spread for this game, by the way, Danny, it's uh, Tennessee at 10 and a half. I don't even think the Lions score because if Stafford's not in there, they're they're going to look awful. I think this might be free money. Now I want to look at the line for. Uh, I'm just on BettingPro.com right now. I just want to look at that. The player props for this weekend, just to see like if if I can find a. Okay, Buffalo, Denver, New. I'm trying to find. Hey, uh, so, right, why, why I want to know what Derrick Henry props for this weekend are. I'm actually uh, really curious. Right. Now. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. While I say well, one thing, I was gonna say, is there word on Stafford yet? I did hear about that, but I couldn't remember if they had made a. He hasn't been. I don't think he's been ruled out yet. But he did not. He did not practice all week. Um, the expectation, certainly, also based on the line. The expectation, I think, is that he's not going to play. There's no, no reason for him to play. No reason. Uh, there's, there's really no reason, yeah. I agree. Oh. So one, one, uh, one According to the William Hill sport, uh, guys, I have it right here. Um, for his rushing yards, it's minus 115 for over under 109. And it doesn't. I don't see touchdowns. I just see receptions, receiving yards, and rushing attempts. Oh, for rushing attempts, too, uh, over under is 24 and a half. Um. Yeah, it, I mean, this game. The thing you always have to worry about is if it's a blowout, they're not going to be playing. You know, th- this happened to me last week. I put I put heavy money on DK Metcalf, and the game was over in the third quarter. So I didn't hit his receiving props. So the thing the thing is with these blowout kind of games is you gotta you gotta worry um, when the game is going to be over. 
You kind of right, want it to right. stay close, but not too close. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the next game I just saw on the docket, just to go on forward, because I think no, we don't even have to say it, but I think everyone's going Titans. Uh, we've got the Bucks and the Falcons. So the Bucks open at a five and a half point spread. This is another game where Bucks win, but Falcons I think cover the spread. The uh, the Bucks. I mean, I feel like we've been saying this all year. The Bucks are are not as good as their perception. And I think that was even back to get. I actually, I actually thought last week would be kind of like the Panthers game after the Saints game. I thought that would be like a bounce back where they just blow the other team out by thirty. That's not what happened. Um, if not for the all the missed field goals, that would have been a really tight game. So, I just think that they're some. I, I saw someone on Twitter put it best. It's like we keep trying to argue about like their path to the Super Bowl and what happens if this team gets rolling. They really are kind of just like. The Bears, Vikings, and Cardinals. That's their class. That's their company. Where, you know, they'll look impressive some weeks and they'll struggle in other weeks. So, I mean, I think I think Brady's going to play well. Um, I think what is very likely is that Atlanta probably has, like, a big lead at some point, but then blows the lead. And then the Bucks end up winning, like, a, you know, like a 30-24 to 24 kind of game. Oh, fucking course. <laughs> yeah, I mean... This game's heavily predicated on if Julio Jones is playing or not, and I see he's not been practicing, and uh, I have Matt Ryan in fantasy, and uh, whenever Julio Jones does not play, I sit Matt Ryan. I don't care who I have to pick up. I'll pick up a streamer. Um, luckily, lately, it's been Taysom Hill because he normally puts up good fantasy days, but uh, if Julio Jones is not going to play, then uh, it's going to be tough going for the Falcons. Uh, granted, their defense has been playing better um, than it was earlier in the year since uh, Quinn got fired, which is uh, kind of funny enough. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks here, especially if Julio Jones is not playing. And it is going to be a division game. Um, division games in the NFC South can always be kind of ticky-tacky, but... Uh, I think the Bucks are just going to take care of business against the Falcons. Um, the Bucks have like the easiest schedule to finish the year: Falcons, Lions, Falcons. Like, yeah, can't just, get much better than that. Exactly. Um, but I think we're all in agreement that so the Bucks are going to win. Like, I'm uh, big rat, Danny. Oh, Phil's back too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think this is a get right game for the Bucks. I think they went pretty convincingly, despite what. Uh, Everyone thinks I don't think the Falcons are good at all, especially if Julio's not playing. Um, but but I think Brady comes out here and he you know gives a little bit of uh, you know are the Bucks really for real again? But they're they're not. But I think they look good here for sure. Exactly. Um, next game, Jags Ravens. Like who cares less? I don't I don't even need to talk about this. Like Ravens are gonna win. It just matters by how much. Like do they cover or do the Jags surprise? But more than likely. I think the Ravens cover the 13-point spread. Oh, wait, hold on. I was about to say, hold on. Danny's all about that Minshew mania, man. Minshew is back, man. Well, They will will cover the spread. The Ravens or the Jaguars? The Jags. I'm kind of with Danny that also, like, the Jags have been one of the more profitable teams to bet on the past month. They kind of do the same thing every week. Last week was an exception. But they, they play these teams really tight, and then they're still, like, massive underdogs the next week. Like, I took them when they were plus six against Cleveland. They covered. Then they were, like, plus ten against the Vikings. They covered again. And then they were still, like, 
plus eight and a half against the Titans. Now the Titans obviously did end up covering that game, but the point is the Jaguars have been, they've been competitive. They like the Packers, you know, they were plus like 15 or whatever. And they almost won that game. I just feel like every week with the exception of last week, they play a team tough. And then the Vegas gives them no respect on the line the next week, either way. And it's happening literally again right now. I, I do, I, I would pick the Jaguars, but I will say the Ravens, like last year and kind of earlier this year, they're the one team that like when they play a bad team, they'll just like, they, they just win by three touchdowns. Like when they played the Bengals, when they played the Redskins, like when they played the Giants, well, they haven't played the Giants yet. Like when they played the Cowboys, like they're the kind of team that like, because of how well they're coached and because of their style of play, when they play a bad team, they just light them up. Uh, but I think the Jaguars uh, are going to be a little bit different than those other teams. So I'll take the thirteen. All right, now um, this basically game is the main event of the weekend. We got the Patriots visiting the Dolphins. Miami and uh, New England, we all know how this goes. It's actually the third game in a row that I and Eagle will be calling it, unfortunately, this time. Not unfortunately, but thank God this time it's Charles Davis in the booth and not Dan Fouts because I can't stand Dan Fouts. Um, Bill, Big Rat, I'm going to let you two take this one away and let the rest of us just sit here and relax, and I'll obviously give my two cents because I love the Patriots as well. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, there's obviously a lot to say. I don't even know how we're going to start this. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Big Rat. I'll let you go first. I got to, you know. <laughs> right. Um, well, this is a huge game. I mean, obviously, for the Patriots, you know, if you want to believe that they can still make the playoffs – um, this is oh. this is pretty much it for them, and like I if they lose, son. if they lose, they're out. And if they if even if they win out, they need other teams to like lose a lot of games too. Um, uh, this is a big game for the Dolphins as well. I don't think the Dolphins can win the division anymore. I was holding out hope if the Bills had lost to the Steelers. My plan was the Steelers beat the Bills, the Patriots beat the Bills in Week 16, and then we beat the Bills in Week 17, and we could steal the division if we went out. But now we have to win out, and the Bills have to lose out. So if the Bills beat the Broncos on Saturday, they clinch the AFC East. It's that simple. So it's probably not going to happen. Because it's not going to happen, the Dolphins really do need to win this game. I'm of the opinion that, just a gut feeling, I've been fighting with Danny all week about it. I think the Browns are going to lose again. I'm not saying it's going to be this week, although it would not surprise me if it was this week, even with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy just beat the Seahawks, so why that would mean that the Giants can't win a game, I don't know. So I think there's a chance um, that the Dolphins could still get in, even if they lose this weekend. Um, but this is obviously a massive game. And, uh, I mean, I'll just say the obvious, um, not to jump ahead too far ahead, but I think the Dolphins are going to lose. I hope I'm wrong. I really want to be wrong. I was on this podcast with Griff back in week nine when the Patriots had just beaten the Jets and everyone thought they were like such a horrible team. Because the narrative's changed. Now the narrative is, oh, they're kind of like an 8-9 win team. You know, they're solid, but they're not a playoff team. That's not what people were saying when they were 2-5. and five. People were saying this is one of the worst teams in the league. That Thank you. Danny about that on Twitter. Thank like the you. Net, We do Thank this you. a lot in the NFL. Thank we you. Shift the Shut goal up, so, like, the, the goalposts get shifted, like, throughout the course of the season. Like, now everyone's acting like, oh, yeah, we always knew the Patriots would kind of be like a 9-7, and 8-18. and 18. Fuck that. When they were two and five, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Big Rat. Let's go. I've been smiling so hard throughout the All whole thing. Right. So, but yeah, so when I was on the podcast with Griff in week nine, we talked about 
how the Patriots, you know, how could they win more games? Well, obviously they can beat the Jets. They can beat the Bills. They almost beat them the first time. We talked about how they could beat Arizona or the Rams. Not that they wouldn't beat both, but they could beat one of the two, which is what ended up happening. They beat the Cardinals but lost to the Rams. The other thing we talked about was that I even said back then, back in week nine, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. And the topic was discussed before the Chargers game. I'm not saying it was ignored. It was definitely was not. It was definitely brought up. But there were still enough people that were like, okay, but the Patriots didn't look good against the Cardinals. The Chargers light teams up. You know, they win or lose some close games. And then, obviously, Belichick absolutely humiliated Justin Herbert and absolutely humiliated the Chargers. And Justin Herbert had, by far, his worst game ever. So, yeah, it's definitely on my mind. Um, Tua against Belichick concerns me. Uh, rookie quarterback has not beaten Belichick since Geno way back. And so I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm very, 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 very nervous for that reason. And I don't think – I also think the Dolphins are not going to have any of their best players. They're not going to have Gusecki. I don't think they're going to have Jakeem Grant. I could be wrong. And I think Devontae – He's really hurt. I think if he plays, it's the kind of thing where he could play and then be pulled out in the second quarter and not come back. And that's what really worries me. And so what Tua did against the Chiefs was like borderline heroic. Like he led two fourth quarter touchdown drives with Matt Collins, Malcolm Perry, Lynn Bowden, Durham Smythe, and Adam Shaheen as his main weapons. It was beautiful to watch. And I really do believe in my heart of hearts if they got that fourth down stop. I do think the Dolphins were going to go down and score. Not saying they would have won the game. There might have been enough time on the clock for the Chiefs to get a field goal drive. But I do think the Dolphins would have scored again. They were just in a rhythm. They were in a groove. Um, Tua's getting better and better by the week. I think this is a really tough matchup. I think the Patriots really need this game. And even though my normal rant every year is I pick the Dolphins to beat the Patriots in Miami and the media for, ignores it. This is back when the Patriots were a dynasty, of course. But, like, I... <laughs> I, I don't think this is a good matchup. The Patriots, all they want to do is run the ball. They do that at an elite level. The Dolphins' run defense is still bad. It was bad in week one when the Patriots ran all over them. It is still bad now. I just don't think it's been properly taken advantage of. I think CEH is, not, is a very overrated running back. I think a better running back would have abused that, that, that run defense last week, especially with Noah Landon Roberts and Kyle Van Noy. So, yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for our offense because it's Tua against the against Belichick with no good receivers. And I think it's a bad matchup for the defense. I don't think the, the Patriots can't, like, trounce the Dolphins. Like, that, that reality is not possible. It's just not. Like, if the Patriots are going to win, they're going to win by, like, a touchdown or something. Um, or a field goal. I do think the Dolphins, like, you know, if I'm wrong and Tua, like, lights up Belichick, then so be it. And I guess the Dolphins could sneak away with a win. But I am expecting the Dolphins to lose uh, because that rookie quarterback thing just does really scare me. So those are my thoughts. Um, the one thing I'll say quickly is I'm going to go opposite of you, and I'm going to pick Miami just because, look, whenever I pick against New England lately, they've when I pick them to win, I pick them to beat the Texans and the Rams. Didn't win. I, I bet against them, against the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Chargers, and it worked out. So – I'm going to be a negative Nancy, and also, too, I really hope they win because it's my birthday Sunday, not to brag. But I want nothing more. Just, I want to be happy and celebrate. I don't want to be eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in 12 years on that glorious day. Not to toot my own horn or anything. So that's all I got to say. But I did notice still big round on the injury report that uh, Van Noy and uh, Roberts are still on there. So that is something to watch for. But 
Uh, I also right, so, think that we're going to get a lack of throwing to Xavier Howard, who has proven himself to be one of the better ball hawks in the NFL. Let me just – okay, can I go now? Am I ready? Floor is yours, buddy. All right. First of all, first of all, it is official. Right, we talked about it earlier, right? It is officially 2020 when Big Rat uh, takes and mine line up more than we argue. <laughs> okay. Like, it is officially 2020. No. But, like, no. I like So, I agree with a lot of things that, that Big Rat said. He analyzed it uh, pretty well, right? Um, but, I, I mean, I am very confident in this game. Like, look, everybody – constantly alex you're one of them shout out to you again all right big rat uh is one of them but we've always just had a fun banter back and forth because dolphins hate patriots patriots hate dolphins that means you know it's in the pudding right um that made no sense but (laughs) so yeah so like listen alex all right i'm i get it i've always been like get it youtube take days big rat can 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 vouch for me people that listen to that uh i don't know if matt beast listened back in the day but you know uh danny and then like and things like that can, can vouch for me that, like, I grew as a fan, right? So I was very biased, right? But let me tell you, so I'm not biased anymore. Like, yes, is there bias? Sure. It's my, like, it's my Patriots, my team, right? There's always going to be bias. You can't pick – I don't care what anyone says, including Al. I don't care anybody – I'm not just picking on Alex, but I'm just saying anybody that says that they pick or they look at their team with literally without bias is literally lying because you have bias. You can say, like, yeah, you can pick against them, and, like, well, I picked against them. Well, that's fine, but, like – they're still biased because you know that team better than anybody else. Well, if you're a real fan, right? Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so that was just my point. So anyways, I had to rant on that. So don't tell me I'm biased. Okay. The Pats have a chance now, have a chance. Now I'm optimistic. Obviously I do think they have a chance to win out. Like I think home field advantage means doesn't mean as squat as much. Right. Okay. I will say like, I think I said, like I am a little, I think, Oh, I said somebody told somebody at work to, uh, the other day, like eh, at dolphin, like, Coming off a loss with the Rams, like, well, we came off a loss to the Texans, and I was kind of down after beating the Ravens, right? And then we beat the Cardinals, and then we murdered the Chargers. Who Griff picked the Chargers, and I almost wanted to like, I was gonna murder him for picking him, but I assumed that it was to to, to a gimmick thing, so to try to get him to win. Works. Well, you didn't actually pick the Chargers; you were doing it to try to, yeah, but whatever. So technicality, but <laughs> you didn't actually think the Chargers were gonna win, uh, so right, Griff? Um, I. No, you are right. right. I didn't, no, I didn't no, think the Chargers were going to win, but I didn't think the Patriots were going to whoop them. Well, I didn't think that either. That, I, like Big Rat said, so Big Rat said that like I don't think that we could blow out the Dolphins. Well, I would say that before the Chargers game. Like obviously, the Chargers are not as bad, or the Dol- uh, the Chargers are better, or not as I can't talk. The Dolphins are a better team than the Chargers, right? But division games have been weird, right? Would you agree? Like they've always been weird, and so this is COVID, right? Like, how can they not be weirder? Like, we win against the Bills like we should have won against the Bills. Like, realistically, right? Cam fumbles, we could at least have tied. Oh, tied. It was a guaranteed tie, right? We, I mean, we're not guaranteed because field goals can miss. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so it's been weird. The Jets, the Jets decided to play the one game, which I knew they would, like, going into the game. I'm like, they're going to play us hard just so they can see out what they really have for next year, right? Well, then Flacco started. But still, like, and Flacco, for some reason, can only play good against the Patriots. But don't get me started. But yes, yeah, so like, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, what I'm getting at, I know I'm going all over the place, but I'm just saying, I think we can win. I think we will win. It's biased, whatever. I don't, I'm not saying the Dolphins can't win. Uh, I do, I don't predict a blowout or anything like that. Like, I don't very rarely pick out a blow, pick a blowout. I mean, I did, I think I did, uh, but I will say this I have correctly pr- predicted uh, some of our upset wins. Like, I guess technically this would be an upset, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess technically in, in the dynasty schemes, maybe not, like, because of how dominant the New England has been in the uh, past. But they don't – what? 
Uh, Phil, for betting purposes, um, the Patriots are the underdog. Miami is a two-point favorite. All right, so we'll just go by that, right? So not history, right? But just but just by that, right? So the two-point favorite, which is really not – like, that's kind of even, right, in, in betting? Uh, Danny, what would you say? Mm, not really. It's close. Uh, it's close. Okay, it's, so it's – right. to, to Phil's point, like, three is, like, the key number you cross right. betting. Yeah. Like, less than three – yes, it's not the same as even, but, like – Functionally, you know, like the Dolphins are unlikely to win the game by 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 two points or by one point. Right, right. So that's my point. So I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I think it could go either way. There's nothing that would really shock me. The only thing that would actually, I guess, shock me would be a blowout by the Dolphins. I just don't think like the only we just got a blowout against the Rams. Like how like are we really going to blow we get blown out in back to back games, which we still have not done this season <clears> because <throat> the Niners and the the Niners was a blowout game, but no other game in that four loss stretch was a blowout. Like, the Chiefs end up winning about 16, but, you know, and, and I've said enough about that. I still think we win that game if Cam starts, but I digress. It's early in the year, whatever, however you want to say it. So, I don't know. But, like, I do think COVID has affected this team is what I've, I've been wanting to say for a while, and I'll get to that conversation later with Alex because I know it's something that we want to debate on the show. But, yeah, so I, I would think – I think the Pats win. I think it's – I do think it's close, 3-7, to seven, you know, in game, like one-score game. Um, I just think that it's, a mu- it's more of a must-win – for the Patriots to me than it is the Dolphins. The Patriots lose, they are like mathematically out, I think, right? No, they're gonna they I checked the, the playoff scenarios and it said if New England loses, they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. Right. If they win, right. it's win and wacky scenarios, basically Charlie Day in front of the crazy a beautiful mind room. Right. Like that crazy like map out plan. But apart from that, that like it's basically win plus this. Like that's why that game next Saturday with the Raiders and the Dolphins is so crucial to the Patriots if they win this game because at that point I don't care who loses, preferably Miami just for the sake of standings, but it's basically going to be very tough for the Patriots to make the playoffs at this point. If you – here's – well, like, there's there's the path that I would love. I, I drew this up the other day where the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Ravens all get to make the playoffs, which is – the the Browns the Browns and the Colts both losing out. Now the Browns losing out, I don't think is as crazy. The Colts losing out, the problem is week seventeen they're home against Jacksonville, so that one's going to be very very tough to lose. But yes, for the, the here's how the Patriots make it. It's not that hard. The Raiders either lose tonight or week seventeen. They beat the Dolphins. The Patriots beat the Dolphins, and then the Raiders and the Dolphins can't do better than nine and seven. The Patriots are on the tiebreaker over both of them. So right. Then, right. then all you would need left is, I, I mean, if the Ravens could drop two, you'd pass them as well because you have the tiebreaker over them, but that's probably not going to happen. So what you would need is something like the Browns losing out, which right, right. I really don't – I'm expecting the Browns to lose two of three. I've been saying it for weeks now. Um, they, may, they might not lose all three. That might be too much, but I do think they're going to lose two of three. So, right. Including week yeah. against a certain team in green, right, Danny? Oh yeah, I'm sure you guys are. You guys are crazy for that take, but um, what take? What take about the the Browns beating the Jets and Danny's yeah. forget uh, absolutely uh, insane, absolutely insane to think right. that Danny Danny is so like short minded as a fan. No, 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 losing losing to the Jets, not he, beating. He he forgot to. You, you you said Browns winning. Yes, yes, the Raiders almost beat the Chiefs, and two weeks later they were a play away from losing to the Jets, and Danny fucking forgets that. He fucking forgets the Raiders, who were given as much respect as the Browns are being given right now at that time when they almost beat the Chiefs, were a play away from losing to the Jets, like two weeks ago. 
There's no, no, I agree. Way. I agree. I agree. Dude, there's uh, Danny. I love you, bro. But there's that's where the bias comes in. I think you like you obviously want Trevor Lawrence, right? Which is understandable, right? I just think yeah. you don't realize that like the Jets could still win a game. Not only that, the Browns defense is much better than this Raiders no, defense. You're, you're, they, they, they have they have a pass rush. No, the Browns defense is terrible. This is a big misunderstanding. I know they have Miles Garrett. Danny, look at the last okay. three weeks. Look at the last three weeks. They got lit up by Mike Glennon. They got lit I'm up. Not, I'm not saying they're great, bro. I'm not saying they're great, but they are better than the Raiders defense. You have to I give me that. Charge that defense up in less than sixty seconds on Monday night to get. And their offense, their offense, their offense is way better than the Raiders' offense. They're, I, they're 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 comparable, but they're not as comparable as you think. But I will say their offense, the Browns' offense, might be better now. But let me tell you, after that Chiefs game, I think people would say that the Raiders' offense was better at that time. Um. um all right. So let me let me get some let me get some words in on this Dolphins game, though. Okay. Cool. This yeah, game. That's the game we're talking this, about. Go ahead. This game, as a New York Jet future of the NFL team fan, is one of the greatest games I could ever see. Because it's win, it's win-win. Um, you have all these Dolphin fans, like Big Rad, who said he thought he could realistically win the division, the AFC East. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. Lose out this Sunday, be like, oh, you know, we weren't expecting playoffs this year. You know, they overachieved. You got you you think you're a playoff team. You you're expecting to go to the playoffs. And New England and Bill Belichick can come in and destroy all hopes and dreams. Um, and also as a Jet fan, they're gonna have something to play for. They're gonna think they can make playoffs, which you know, realistically, they're probably not gonna make playoffs. But if going into week 17 for a win, past the 0-16, boys, Trevor Lawrence is in the division. That my what I'm looking forward to doing is when the Jets beat the Browns, I'm just gonna text Danny on Twitter, ha 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 ha, like have the ha ha take up all 240 characters of the tweet and just send it to him that way. Because then that's that's what Danny's not realizing is then I get to have my cake and eat it too. I get the Browns out of the playoffs so the Dolphins can get in the playoffs and the Jets don't get Trevor Lawrence. That's gonna be a as play. as Baker's on my TV right now, but. Something you're failing to 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 um to understand here is the Jaguars are also winning a game this year, bro. I don't know. I don't know if that Bears game with Nick Foles they could beat the Bears. We'll see what even 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 week seventeen. If if the if the Colts have nothing to play for, they're playing their backups. They don't want they don't want Trevor Lawrence in their division either. Everyone talks about how the Patriots don't want him in the division. The Colts don't want him in the division. They don't have a quarterback of the future. You would be right, but they might need that game. Is the problem? They don't. I don't. I don't know if they're going to have the margin for error. Unless you think they're going to beat the Steelers, they probably won't have the margin for error to just rest starters that game. And they they could beat the Steelers. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the Colts beating the Steelers wouldn't shock me, but I think Week 17, it's the division will still be up for grabs between the Titans and the Colts, unless there's a upset. I think with the Colts losing to the Texans this Sunday, but besides that, I think well, because even Week 16 too, the the Titans play the Packers and then the Colts play the Steelers, which both those games could go either way. Listen, man, all I know is Big Rat's gonna eat shit this Sunday. No, no, here's why: because I literally said on this call. I am expecting the Dolphins to lose. I like said it over. Doesn't, doesn't mean that's going to make you. You're, you're not happy to predict that. No, you, you no. don't want that to happen. No, I don't. But like, I, I won't be blindsided by it. Like, I will expect it. You know, it is what it is. And I still, unlike you, I still think they can get in if they lose. 
because I think the Browns are going to lose to one of these two New York teams. I really do. Um, Man, bro. So the Browns are going to have to break your heart. The Browns, the Browns, like my Hurricanes in college football, who had a really good record for most of the year, but the metrics said they were kind of a mediocre team, and then they got embarrassed by UNC. I'm on Football Outsiders' website right now. The Browns are rated as the 21st team in the league, according to their metrics. It is below the Patriots, believe it or not. So, yeah, I, I just... I think, I, I think that's skewed from those, those terrible weather game stretch that they played. I just still don't... I still don't think... I just don't think they're gonna like what you think they're gonna go twelve and four like I, they're they're not a twelve and fourteen not at all they're closer to a ten and sixteen. No, I agree with Big Rat. Um, we haven't heard from him in a while. And actually, too, Phil is gone from the podcast. Guy, sorry, he had something come up. Uh, where is Matt leaning? Matt's been kind of quiet for a while. We haven't had the chance to get him in here to speak. Yeah, I had to let the uh, whole AFC East uh, crew uh, go on about these AFC East matchups. Oh, it's all um, good. But I, I was thinking the whole time, Big Rat even said it, uh, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. But I'm, I'm also thinking about the moment. Like, wh- what kind of moment would that be for the AFC East as a whole and the Miami Dolphins if Tua goes in and uh, beats the Patriots here? Um, and pretty much gets the Patriots out of the playoffs. That would be a crazy moment to think about. Um, but, I mean, as good as the moment could be in, in the narrative of the whole thing, sorry, Griff, um, but uh, I, I think the Patriots are, are going to end up winning this one. Uh, like Big Rat said, with the Dolphins losing their offensive firepower, Mike Gesicki, who, who uh, is a big-time playmaker for that team, and Devontae Parker playing hurt, it's probably just going to be too big of a hurdle to overcome to beat this Patriots and Bill Belichick scheming against a rookie quarterback. Um, so I'm going to take the Dolphins here. Or I'm going to take the Patriots, I'm sorry. The, the, last, um, the last thing I just want to say about the Pats very quickly, because I didn't get to say when Phil was saying his thing, is that whenever people kind of write off the Pats this year, that's usually when they have their bounce-back win. Like, after, after the Texans lost, like, people thought they were cooked. And they beat the Cardinals and Chargers. Obviously, we talked about the Bills game already. And then they end up beating the, the, the Ravens um, like a few weeks later. This is usually what they do. Whenever they hit their floor and they get embarrassed like they did on Thursday night, they usually kind of respond. So, yeah, we'll see. I, can I, I just want to say something quickly. So I have my fucked up scenario of what's happening where the Patriots win this – like they win Sunday – but then on Monday Night Football Week 16, the Bills win the division and they eliminate the playoffs, the Patriots in the playoffs. And I can't go on Twitter because Bills Mafia was I, I, I know some people within Bills Mafia that were for the podcasting network. And I will just through them, I will see Bills Twitter just light up with glee. And it's something that I dread. <laughs> Bills, Bills Mafia is definitely a very aggressive I mean, all Twitter fan bases are, like, pretty passionate, but they are particularly so. So, you're not wrong there. And Aguilar looking like the Aguilar of old as I watched the Raiders-Chargers game. His finger's bending the wrong way. My ultimate dream, by the way, is the Dolphins to make the playoffs and take out the Bills in the first round. Because they're getting all this talk now of, like, being the team that could beat the Chiefs because they just beat the Steelers. I would love to take their asses in the first round. That would be awesome. Um, Moving on now, because we've obviously spent uh, quite some time on that game. Uh... Seattle visiting Washington. I'm going to come out and say it. I'm picking the football team to win this game. And I'll also say this too, because I heard this on Get Up earlier this week of Washington's Super Bowl window opening. I'm not saying a Super Bowl window, but if they can get a solid starting quarterback in there, 
I think they're the better. I think they're a better team in the NFC East than the Dallas Cowboys, even with an upgraded defense. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I pretty much agree with you. I'll hear what Danny and uh, Matt have to say, but yeah, I'm picking Washington. Think, <clears throat> um, is Alex Smith playing? I know, I know he's been. Yeah, I, I'm not sure yet. It's unclear. I believe he didn't practice, um, so they don't know for sure. But he hasn't been ruled out. He's trying. Okay, so he's probably going to play. Um, you know, that guy is just a winner, bro. Anywhere he goes, he just, you know, he doesn't he doesn't light up the score sheet, the stat sheet, but he just wins. He just finds the team chemistry, and, you know, what they're doing is, is really impressive, especially with that defense. You know, he just always does enough. Um, but I think they, they are due for a slip-up here. I think Seattle um, had – I know it was, it was the Jets, but they, they had a get-right game against us. You know, they completely shut out our offense. Their defense looked legit. Um, and they're more so going to see, you know, non-explosive offense again, especially if Antonio Gibson doesn't play. They don't really have to work. I mean, J.D. McKissick, he's a nice player, but he's not hes not scaring anybody there. Um, so I, I think they're due for a slip-up. I think Seattle needs to win more, but Washington's still going to get that division. Oh, yeah. Um, Washington got to have their upset game over the Steelers. I mean, all these undefeated teams, they they end up slipping somewhere along the way against a team no one ever expects, because that's just how the NFL works. And I mean, granted, it's a great narrative. I love the fact that Alex Smith has gotten another chance and is coming to the coming to this uh, team, and they they could make a push for the playoffs thanks to the fact that uh, the NFC East is a terrible division. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Seattle here. I mean. Uh, it, it's just hard to go against Russ and DK against a uh, team that isn't just huge. Granted, granted, their defense could show up the uh, football team, but uh, I'm just gonna have to go with the Seahawks here. Um, I don't see them dropping a game like this to the Reds or the former Redskins or the football team. Uh, it's still hard to get over that, but uh, yeah. Um, I just want to clarify. The only reason I'm going for the football team is because I'm looking at it like this way: if Colt McCoy could beat the Seattle Seahawks. I think Alex Smith could if he plays. But if Dwayne Haskins does start, that pick kind of scares me because, and you guys all know this, we're either going to see one or two sides of Alex Larson on Sunday, either the happy Alex or the sad Alex. Um, I, Next I, up. Oh, I just want to say very quickly, like, can't you guys see, like, knowing how the NFL works, the Seahawks lose this game. They're trashed in the media all week about their defense and Russ turning it over and all this and that. And then they play the Rams, beat the Rams, and then win the division. I wouldn't <laughs> shock me, honestly, because like you like like uh I think you said it before, I think Sean McVay owns the uh Seahawks. It's just the only loss was that Thursday night game last year where Zerline missed the field goal at the buzzer. Yeah, exactly. Um it'll be interesting. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um the next game I want to talk about was originally Sunday night football. Thank the Lord that it got flexed out with the Cowboys and the Niners. The first time the Cowboys had ever been flexed out of prime time. And I love how they felt like, oh, we don't deserve to do that. I'm like, the Cowboys suck. The Niners are depleted with injury. This game did not belong in a primetime slot. Obviously, for classic rivalry purposes, I get why it was there. And also, too, if both teams are healthy, yeah, this would be a good game. But this is another game I I just don't really care much for. Uh, Part of me wants to go Niners, but part of me wants to go Cowboys, just because I don't really know if I can trust either quarterback. Like, I'll let you guys take the floor on this one. Uh, I'll just, I, I don't know who to trust. <laughs> yeah, no one knows where to start. I, I, I can, I, I'm just going to trust Shanahan and the running game. 
Um, Niners kind of like the Patriots. They've been <clears> kind of written off as dead multiple times this year. And whenever they do get like that, they usually have a bounce back win. I just think, I just think the Shanahan, the Shanahan run game can really take advantage of the of a Cowboys defense that we've seen. It's not like they quit going into a game, but what happens is they get punched in the mouth. They're down by two touchdowns, and then the defense just totally falls apart. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners run for like 200 yards here. Yeah, like the game against uh, Baltimore with Lamar, I think ran for almost 300 yards, and then even when Antonio Gibson went insane on Thanksgiving. No, I agree with you. I think that the uh, I think the Niners get the win on this one. Uh, guys, do you have anything else to say? I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I think they go on a little run here at the end of the season. Um, they look they look confident. Yes, I mean I mean I know it was the Bengals, but they look they looked all right. Um, the the 49ers look good when they have Raheem Morst, Morst, Mostert in the uh, in the backfield. I know Kittle's supposed to come back, but. Um, it, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Obviously, I could be wrong. I really don't care about this game much, but I'll just say the Cowboys for now. Yeah, like Danny, uh, I don't really have much uh, care for this game, but uh, you, you, you can't just bet against uh, the San Francisco 49ers running game, and it seems no matter who they put in there, they can produce, especially in a situation like this where they're playing the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is not good at all. Um, so, yeah, 49ers. All right, um, next one, Jets, Rams, 17-and-a-half-point spread. Do the Rams get a second blowout in a row against the AFC East? Take that spread and run with it. Run with it. It might even get worse than what Seattle did to us, which was a 37-point win. So 17-and-a-half is a steal. That is free money. The Jets will, like I said um, a couple weeks ago, they don't travel well, especially to the West Coast. Um, you know, this is they, they, were, they were just on the West Coast last week, so they came all the way back to the East Coast, only to go all the way back to the West Coast. Um, you know, the, the, the team clearly gave up after. They're, they're heartbroken. They're, deplete, they're depleted after the, uh, the Raiders game. Um, I think Sam Darnold looks really, really bad here. I think I think Flacco might even come in um, second half. If not, uh, you know he's not he's not he's not going to look good. But all I'm going to say is free money, guys. Take the Rams spread. That's that's crazy that uh, they flew back to New York and now they're going to just fly back out. That's crazy. Um, that's I think an it's ad- go ahead. I think – sorry to cut you off, Matt. I was going to say I'm pretty sure COVID is probably the reason why. I think if COVID weren't a thing, I think they stay in Seattle for the week and then they go to Southern California like today or tomorrow if the world was normal. Yeah, really good point. I, I didn't – I just totally slipped my mind. It's but, all good. Uh, that, that, that makes sense, then. But, yeah – Factoring in the travel aspect of it, uh, of course, even without the travel, even if the Rams are going to New York, uh, you got to take the Rams here. Um, we got to keep Danny's dream alive that he could have Trevor Lawrence one day. Um, I, I, I'd like to see uh, how excited Danny gets in the last week of the season and the Jets uh, ended off with a uh, no-win <clears throat> season. And let me add that Trevor Lawrence said, I think it was today, right? Yesterday on the Amazon show. He will play for any team that takes him, pretty much. He pretty much said it. So, you gotta, you still gotta beat the Browns, Danny. You still gotta beat the Browns. 
Yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing on this game. I think the Jets are predictably going to lose by double scores. Um, one thing to watch when the Rams played the Giants, they were heavy favorites that game too. They were like 15 point favorites or something like that, and they only won by a touchdown. Granted, obviously, way better team than this Jets team. Uh, no, I think backing my narrative that the Jets could upset the Browns, I could see the Jets getting killed again. Everyone just writing them off. Oh, that's it. 0 16 is guaranteed. They're going to lose by two scores every week. And then next, the next week, they do the inevitable. So, yeah. All right. Um, moving on here. Eagles, Cardinals. This, uh, th- I honestly, I found this narrative. I actually just realized this narrative now. Former Oklahoma quarterbacks going up against one another. But I, like, I can see this game going either way. But if I had to pick at the end of the day, I'm going Cardinals. But this six-point spread kind of worries me. I think it's a closer game than six. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, bro. I think this, this one might be the game of the week here. Yeah. Uh, I, I expect Jalen Hurts to come in and look pretty good again. Uh, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals have been a little disappointing since, you know, we were on here, what, again, a few weeks ago, and I think they were number one in the division. And, you know, they they've, they've just haven't been looking that great. Uh, I think they, they need the win here, but Philly Philly is a tough out right now with, with Jalen in there. I don't think there's enough film uh, on tape for, for teams to study. So I think there's an outside. Where is this game being played, Philly? In the, in the desert. In the desert. Okay. So, um, you know, it can go either way. Six is too, too high, though. I would take the Eagles spread on that, plus six. I'm the same. I, You know what? I think... This is going to be a close game. I think Vance Joseph, though, will have the defense prepared for, uh, like, more, like, just to be more aware of the run-pass option because, obviously, we saw that the, the Saints' defense just looked weird last week. They didn't look prepared for it. Um, but I feel like Vance Joseph will have his defense ready to go. Just the big question of this is how, like, Kyler does because they've kind of, like, kept Kyler back in more of a reserved role ever since he had that shoulder injury about a month ago or so. But. What what the Cardinals need to do here, um, last last week when the Saints played the Eagles, um, Trey Hendrickson just kept crashing and was not playing proper contain, which you would think that the Saints playing a Cam Newton-led team for so many years, they'd be more disciplined and know what to do against a running quarterback, which still just irks me. But uh, he kept crashing. We just did not really... Uh, we just weren't ready for a running quarterback, and we should have. I mean, Doug Peterson was saying all week he's just going to run the football, and they're just sleeping on it. And uh, I, I think what they should do is uh, tr- try to get a QB Scott, QB spy going on with Isaiah Simmons, uh, make sure they're not crashing down on Jalen Hurts, and uh, try to make him pass because he was just pretty much doing what he did at Alabama to the Saints and Oklahoma. Uh, to the Saints, but uh, I, I'm going to take the Cardinals here because, um, I mean, I, I don't know if Philadelphia's two cornerbacks are still hurt or not, but during the game against the Saints, both their cornerbacks got hurt, which is when Taysom Hill started to actually play a lot better. Um, so it, 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 Kyler Murray could just be go lightened up, lightened up against this depleted defense. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, I'm not really too certain how that practice report's been for them, but I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Um, the one thing I will add is Rodney McLeod, I know, tore his ACL. Besides that, I don't know what the status is of, like, Slay and, like, uh, 
trying to think of who the other guy, who their other corner was. I'm not. I it wasn't Jalen Mills. Because mm-hmm. I, I know it was two of their safeties that went down. McLeod was one of them, and like I said, torn ACL. So we'll see there. But yeah, uh, Big Rat thoughts with Cardinals Eagles. Yeah, I mean, Danny, Danny, and I. It seems like we're going to start sparring over Jalen Hurts now. Um, but I, I mean, I really, I don't. <laughs> unlike unlike Nick Foles, like I don't like I don't got any will towards Hurts. I just. If you watch him, because uh, I've watched him a lot in college, like he just he does the same thing every time. And I feel like I've been watching him for three years. Like if the first read is not open, he's gonna mm-hmm. run and scramble. Like it's just it's so in that Eagles game, it was like it was the same thing. Like every yep. play, it's like first read, not open, scramble. And he would scram whenever he would scramble, he would just run into this sea of space of and he would get like 30 yards, you know, because there's no defender there. The Saints were playing a lot of man coverage. Cornerbacks have their back to the quarterback. When Jalen takes off and scramble, there's no one there. I just – it's not that I, like, don't like the kid. It's just – I just think it's very exploitable. Like, just just play zone and have a spy, and he won't be able to throw that well. Like, it's – even in that Saints game, he, he completed 56% of his passes and 5.3 yards per attempt. And, yes, first game, all that. Can't be too harsh. I totally understand and don't disagree with any of that. And it was a tough opponent. But it just – he just seems like just watching that e- that Saints game. It was just the same shit I saw in college, and I just I don't like that style of quarterbacking. I don't like this one read. It's not open, then scramble. I just don't think it's sustainable. I think it's easy to exploit by defenses. I think if you're ever in a negative game script, down two touchdowns or so, it's really fucking hard to win that way. So I don't have a whole lot of respect for it. Now, having said all of that, the Cardinals play man coverage and apparently according to a status on Twitter they play man coverage at among the highest rates in the league now I agree with Matt you have they're on a team that has Kyler Murray they should know better when they're playing Jalen Hurts they should see the obvious ways Hurts beat the Saints by just rushing for 30 yards on a scramble they should plan for that and not play man coverage without a spy that just seems very dumb but you know if they're going to do that if they're going to be stubborn and not change their plan as they've done all season then yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Hurts does the same thing. If he rushes for 100 yards, throws for like 160, a touchdown, no pick. Like he could do the same thing if they're just going to play it the same way. But one day, whether it's this season or next season, Hurts is going to have a game <clears throat> where a team plays with a spy and plays zone, and he's going to play terribly. It's just a matter of when. So whether or not the Cardinals do it this weekend, I don't know. For that reason, I do think the Eagles can maybe keep it close. But – I guess I would pick the Cardinals to win. This would be, I mean, this would be a pretty tough loss for the Cardinals for their playoff race. So, like, they can't, they can't afford to take this game off. So, I, I'm going to pick the Cardinals with the Eagles to cover. And I'll say it right now: if the Cardinals play defense the way the Saints did, they'll probably lose. So, that won't be some big shocker. So, there you go. No, I, I get that completely. Um, now we're on to Sunday night football. Only two games left to talk about here. The first one being, well, obviously it's Sunday night football because <laughs> we have Sunday and Monday night, excuse me. But Giants, Browns, and what now is a Freddie Kitchens revenge game. But the Giants may have suffered their biggest loss, not only losing Jason Garrett, but James Bradbury is on the COVID list, which is a big loss for that defense. Oh, wow. Yeah. He doesn't have COVID, though. It was his chiropractor got in. He was considered a close contact. So through that, he is not playing. This honestly is a game that I, I want to say can go either way, especially if Colt McCoy is playing. It's like the whole McCoy or Kitchen's revenge game. But 
I think I got a ride with Cleveland. It's just that defense can end up biting them in the ass. Like, that's the only thing I can think of just because like, I'm like, look, Cleveland had the chance. Like, Baker, I think the talk about Baker, like, questionable is over with. Like, for everyone saying he's a bad quarterback, I think he's he's average to the point where, look, he can get you enough to win. It's just the rest of the – if the rest of the team plays well, he'll look great. But if the rest of the team plays bad and he plays bad, then the Cleveland Browns look like shit. It's just so up and down with this team. He he reminds me so much of Kirk Cousins these days, like so much. And I'm, I, I, that's not just because of the that's not just because of the Stefans the Kevin Stefanski comparisons. Um, just the way that team is run, like it's a very run heavy team. Most of the passing game comes off play action, which is true when Baker when Baker lit up the Titans. That's all it was. It was play action every time, and. You know, like, he, he doesn't play well when he has pressure in his face. When he's in a pressured pocket, he's the worst starting quarterback in the league, according to PFF. Even worse than Jared Goff. Like, it's that bad when he's playing with pressure in his face. And you see it. Like, he drops his eyes. He starts to scramble. He freaks out. He leaves the pocket and all that. And he, and he throws really well on the run, so it's easy for him to do it. Uh, but he reminds me a lot of Kirk for that reason. So, yeah, I mean, when the supporting cast is playing great, he can maybe even win a playoff game for you, like Kirk Cousins did last year. But if he's ever on a bad team, like last year's team, things could fall apart and he could throw a lot of interceptions. So that's just kind of who he is. But where do you see the game going Sunday? I I want the Giants to win, and so I'm trying not to let that influ- infuse my bias too much. I think the Giants can cover because this is a very important game for them. They're kind of... They're kind of losing ground to Washington. If they if, if Washington does pull off the upset and they lose, it's going to be really hard for them to win this division. So this is pretty much a must-win game for them. I don't think the drop-off between an injured Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy is that big, as we saw when Colt McCoy beat the Seahawks. And I think the Browns' defense is suspect. So I think this is going to be a very close game. And I think the Browns, emotional, coming off the Monday, coming off a short week, the emotional loss to the Raiders, to the Ravens, when the not saying the score will be the same, but when the Raiders did this, when the Raiders did this against the Chiefs, coming off the emotional loss, close game in primetime, they got destroyed forty three to six by the Falcons. Also a bad team. So I would not shock me at all if the Giants win. I don't know if I have the courage to say that they're gonna win, but I definitely think they're gonna cover, and it would not surprise me if they win. I'm the same way. This, there's so many games this weekend where you know what, one team's gonna win. Like there's a lot of big spreads. But the like, there's going to be a lot of covers this weekend. Like, I think this is that the spread six. I think this game comes down to a field goal or so, like kind of in that, and also lo- much lower scoring than uh, Monday night. I'd say like twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, rest of the guys, Danny, uh, not oh yeah, Danny, Matt, thoughts? Yeah, you guys know I'm buying stock into the Browns right now. Um, if you watched the Giants game last week, their their offensive line was playing bad to start the season, and they played probably their worst game all year. I think, what did Hassan Reddick have? Five sacks? Four sacks? Five, five sacks. sacks. Five sacks. Miles Garrett is going to feast on, on Colt McCoy. Um, and if their run game isn't working, they, they're, they're going to force some balls there. I think I think this is a get-right game for the Browns' defense. Um, and then they, they, they go into New York again, or I think we go into Cleveland to play the Jets. That's another get-right game. So I think they're going to build momentum here go into the playoffs and have a little run. They might win a game like Big Red just said, but uh, that's really it. They're not, they're not contenders or anything like that, but they're going to win here big. I think they win. They cover the spread as well. Um, Just a quick note. Actually, the Jets game is at MetLife too. 
In MetLife, okay. Where, where, it can be played wherever, honestly. <laughs> no, I meant like not just this week's game, but then the Week 16 game, both are at MetLife. So the Browns have that back-to-back MetLife. And, uh, it, I will just say, like, it's not just because the Browns have the 21st-ranked team, according to Football Outsiders, why I don't respect them. They have a negative 25-point differential on the year. On the year. People forget that a few weeks ago they almost lost to the Jaguars. They're like, they're just, they never look that impressive. They almost lost to the Bengals twice. Like, they're just, they're not as good as their record says they are. I really do believe that. If they were not, look, they've won enough games that they might have a really good shot at the playoffs no matter what happens from here. But if they make the playoffs, objectively, according to the numbers, this will be one of the worst point differential teams to ever make the playoffs in the last 20 years. Like, that's how bad it is. They have a, Worse point differential than the 2016 Dolphins team that snuck into the playoffs. Like, it's just – so, yeah, I mean, I'm just trusting the process. And also, like, their defense is terrible, and their running game – their offense has been better lately, but I just – I don't know if – I still don't buy that it's going to be at an elite level most weeks without Odo Beckham. So, yeah, there we go. Can I just say something quickly? I think on – I would say December 28th, but that I'll be busy with Patriots-Bills – I think on December 29th, I have to make Big Rat, Danny, clear. Hopefully you guys are available. I think I need the two of you on here because whatever happens after that Jets-Browns game, I need just (laughs) – I'll tell you what's going to happen. The Jets are going to lose by two-plus scores. It's going to happen. I just want to point out, Danny Danny knows the Browns aren't contenders, but he thinks they're going to blow out these two New York teams when they could not blow out the Jaguars or the Bengals twice. Think on that. Yeah. Um, Matt, thoughts? I don't really see it being a blowout per se, but uh, I can see the Browns offense looking pretty good here um, and possibly even the defense having a pretty good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say here, but uh, I'm going to take the Browns here. All right. Um and with Monday Night Football, do we need to talk about the game, or do we just want to say that, hey, the, this will probably be a get-right game for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, they're What's real, the game? It's the Bengals at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there is nothing to say about this game. This game does not be- deserve to be in prime time. They, like, I feel like the NFL should have the ability to flex out even Monday Night Football, like change it from Sunday to Monday just because there's so many Monday Night Football games or even Thursday night too where you're just like, why is this on primetime? Like I understand you're trying to get every team involved in primetime. This game does not deserve primetime. Yeah, this is the kind of thing like like I understand like the week before you can't make any changes, you know, because because of the schedule and all that. But Burrow got hurt like four weeks ago. Like that, that there was enough time to, to change the Monday night game back then. So, yeah, that's something I would support if, as a policy moving forward. But, yeah, there, there's just really nothing to say here. The Steelers are going to win. It's a question of whether or not they win by 10 or 20 or whatever. I just need the uh, the Bengals to go out and get an offensive line. I'd really like to see them try to help out Joe Burrow um, for the future because if this man ends up like Andrew Luck, that would be very sad to see um, because – just of a crap offensive line. And all of a sudden, maybe they ended up with an elite offensive line after their quarterback is just too hurt. But um, we, they really just need to go out and spend a lot of capital on that O-line, maybe sign a free agent, draft someone with a really high pick that they're going to have from this season. Um, 
just I just really would like to see them give Burrow some help in that aspect. Um, but as far as the game goes, yeah, there's nothing to say here. It's gonna be it's gonna be bad. I think it's gonna be really bad. Um, probably the biggest blowout game of the week, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, Steelers gonna take it all the way. What's the spread? Um, twelve and a half. That's too low. Wow. There's some there's some money to be made here this weekend, man. Yeah. There is definitely some money to be made. Um, Matt, I, I haven't had you on since I've been asking this question around, but I want to ask you if you had to pick between Rogers or Mahomes, who are you leaning towards for MVP? Because I asked Danny and Big Rat this last week. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um Right now, uh, I'd probably have to lean towards Rodgers, um, especially if the Packers are going to end up locking up the number one overall seed because, uh, I mean, he just goes out and does it no matter what. I mean, granted, his only main main uh, option as far as throwing the ball has always been Devontae Adams, who is a spectacular wide receiver, don't get me wrong. And he always consistently goes out there and makes these other guys greater. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been great don't get me wrong and I think there's always going to be the whole thing of oh he just won MVP I don't want to give him back to back MVPs because I feel like that is definitely definitely a cause for concern there and um, they probably want to give Aaron Rodgers another MVP while they can um, just to supplement his legacy um, so that's that's what I would lean towards uh, giving it to, to Aaron Rodgers no, I get that. Um, one comparison I'll make, because like, I think we all have said Aaron Rodgers, but I'll say this. When comparing the Rodgers-Mahomes thing, it takes me to the NBA this past season with the LeBron and Giannis debate, where, look, LeBron is like Giannis. He's the best player in the league. He's on the best team. He's got all this great talent around him. But Giannis and Rodgers are, were the most valuable to their franchise and their franchise's success. That's where I go more for Aaron Rodgers because this is not MVP. Like, like I've heard Mike Greenberg say this before where he's like, oh, this award is going to be renamed the Patrick Mahomes MVP award because he's going to win like 15 of these. Yeah, he's going to be a multiple-time MVP like Rodgers is, like Brady is. But that doesn't mean that Mahomes is going to win it every year. It's like everyone who's saying right now, oh, Mahomes is going to be in the Super Bowl for like the next 10 years and he's going to win all these awards. I like to laugh at that because I don't think people realize how hard it is to get back to the Super Bowl. And I'm also in the firm believer of what the New England Patriots did will never be replicated again. It is a bit of a bias thing, but at the same time, too, I don't. I think I'm telling the truth. I don't know. what. Do you guys agree with that or no? Yeah, I, I think it's just – it's too hard. I think there's – because of what people saw the Patriots do – they just presume, okay, whoever the next best team in the NFL is, even if they're not as good as the Patriots, they can just, like, fill those gaps. But I think there's more parity in the league. I also think, like, the quarterback quality is going up. Like, we're seeing so many good quarterbacks come in every year, and it just feels like – like, how many teams have a good quarterback right now? Like, 20? Like, it feels like a lot. And it's only going to grow with this upcoming class. It, I just think it's going to be harder and harder and harder to consistently dominate – other teams when there's going to be so many good quarterbacks that are going to keep teams in it across the league. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mahomes would be lucky to win two more Super Bowls. Like, and I know that sounds low and he probably does it, but it's not easy. It's just not easy. Yeah. And I hate to dog on, uh, 
AFC East, but I mean, when you have a division, when you have a division like that, and you literally never get swept, I mean, it is a terrible. It, yeah, yeah, it, it it makes it made it a lot easier. Granted, don't get me wrong, Bill Belichick, greatest head coach, he's he's amazing, and uh, Tom Brady, he's also really really good, really great, great quarterback, wow. amazing. Um, multiple Super Bowls, they, they they deserve them for sure. Um, especially after they won the second best Super Bowl of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it's really hard to replicate, like you said, and we just really have to see in the future how it's going to go. Like, are the Chiefs going to be able to keep this whole team together and uh, just be able to fabricate these fast wide receivers? Like, how long is Tyreek Hill going to be at the top of his game? Can they uh, go out and get someone to replace him? Um, how how much longer is Travis Kelsey going to hold up as that guy? And how are these going? How are they going to supplement the offense going forward? Because they're going to have to start getting these playmakers for the future and building towards that. And uh, I mean, it's just going to be hard to do, I believe, especially when uh, a lot of it also is goes up against how the conference is going to be and how the divisions are going to be. Because uh, as far as divisional opponents, we know the Patriots didn't really have much of a uh, much of a much of a competitor there, and I would argue to say the AFC around that era was a little bit weaker too as well, and you didn't really see too much. I mean, you just had Peyton Manning and Brady. That's pretty much all you had going on for most of the time, and occasionally you'd see another team sneak in there, like the Steelers, when they would have a uh, good season and put it all together, but. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much my my thoughts on it. Um, Matt, can I actually say something to you quickly to add yeah. to that? Yeah. So, with the exceptions of 2012 and this past year, every AFC representative for the Super Bowl was either Brady, Ben, or Peyton Manning since 2003. Yeah, I mean, it's just so can so much consistency on that side of the, the thing. And I mean, granted, those are really great quarterbacks and usually they've been on really good teams. Um, and I know a majority of that is Brady and you see on the NFC side, it's just nowhere near as consistent because I feel like the NFC has these teams pop up where they might be really good one year and really bad the next year. And they're just unable to hold it all consistently. And I mean, uh, not to be biased here, but I know my saints in the past couple of years have been one of the more consistent people or teams in the league but they just haven't been able to put together in the playoffs and i mean uh, uh there's just there's just multiple things to it and i mean the fact that the patriots went out and did that so much i mean granted luck went into it um there's always luck that goes into it whenever you make it to a super bowl um and it just played out really well for them but the fact that they still went out and did it speaks a lot to that franchise 100 percent. i was just I just wanted to bring up the fact of like how everyone's like all of a sudden like bowing to Kansas City and everything. And I'm not I'm not knocking them or anything. They're a great team. Mahomes is a great player. Um, I'm just saying that making the Super Bowls as often as the Patriots did is just something that's once in a generation. Um, the only thing I'll say quickly about the Chiefs is for as good as Henry and Dalvin Cook have been this year, if I had a vote for offensive player of the year, I would go for Travis Kelsey. I'm not afraid to admit that. He's the best tight end in the league right now. And I believe he has the most receiving yards out of any player. It's either receiving yards or receptions. I have to look it up. 
Yeah, yeah, he has the most receiving yards, and apparently it's a stated goal for Mahomes to get him Offensive Player of the Year. So they're definitely gonna try to try to get that to happen as much as they can. But yeah, he's he's killing it. I haven't I haven't been my most important fantasy league. He's been awesome. Same. Every league I have, well, actually, one league I have him in. My team was shit, but I didn't really care about that. But the two leagues I did really well in, uh, including one I finished first place. He was my tight end. He is the probably the most reliable in the league but i just want to say that quickly like if i had a vote for offensive player of the year i would go kelsey because i think it's really rare that a tight end wins that award yeah i mean even even wide receiver hardly ever wins it i mean michael thomas won it and that was the first person to win it since jerry rice so you don't really see skill position players going out and winning it that often exactly i agree um one more question before we leave here today guys because obviously i don't want to get too much of your time whatever you gotta do i know big rat's got a very big fantasy game this week with a lot riding on this game right now. All I'm going to be doing is tilting over the rest of this game as Keenan Allen doesn't get another fucking catch. Yeah. Like Josh Jacobs has a touchdown, though. Yeah, that was awesome. That was very important. But Keenan Allen has 2.6 right now, and it's just driving me nuts. Yeah, and Eckler is 4, and when Balaj got the touchdown, I muttered for my breath. Oh, well. Uh, one other award I wanted to talk to you guys about quickly, and that's um, – which I think is honestly this year is a various of candidates who could win it. But if you had the vote for Coach of the Year, where would you guys go? <laughs> My Coach guy. of the Year. Yeah. My... He actually – my guy actually – how you can isolate coaching because someone, someone put a good thread. Whoever wins Coach of the Year is usually the team – that wins the most games above their Vegas preseason win total. <laughs> and it, it's, like, pretty consistent. Like, every year, like the year the Bears won it with Nagy, they were project- their over-under win total was six, and they won 12 games. And that's a big reason how he got coach of the year. And the, Dol- the Dolphins over-under, by the way, was also six. So if they end up going 11-5, and five, it would fit this narrative. Uh, yeah, no, he's – the team is prepared every week. The team has not been blown out once. The only time they've been blown out all year was week one to the Patriots when they lost by 10 points. That was it. That was the biggest lopsided loss they've had. They're well-prepared every week. They have a different game plan every week. That's how you know it's not just talent. Like, they literally call different schemes depending on the opposition, which every coach says, but the Dolphins actually do. They actually do run a very different defense every week. And uh, what he did, putting Tua in the lineup before – you know, the starter had lost so many games where it was obvious, like what happened with Wentz. Before any of that, he put Tua in the starting lineup when it wasn't obvious, when there could have been issues. But he recognized the long term. It's important to develop a franchise quarterback, and it's important for this team to win in the playoffs. And he's kind of doing both at the same time. He's developing Tua and having the team winning games. It's like a beautiful combination to watch. And there's a lot of coaches who would not have made that decision at the time that he made it. So... Yeah, he'd be my choice. Bias, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me last week, I would have said Sean Payton. Um, because, I mean, like we said earlier, he's won all these games with these backup quarterbacks, and he's just gone out there and done it no matter what. And I'd like to see my guy go out and get another coach of the year at some point because, I mean, just look at even Bill Belichick. That man hasn't just won all these coach of the year awards because they normally give it to these teams that rise up and do well. And I mean, Brian Flores, his, his candidacy definitely, uh, his stock's gone up with it because I mean, with Sean Payton losing to the Eagles, it doesn't look good. Um, Mike Tomlin, he had some losses recently, so that hurts his stock. Um, so 
I'm probably just going to piggyback off what Big Rat said, but I would personally like to see Sean Payton win it. But after that Eagles game, it's probably going to be hard for him to win it. Danny? Yeah. I think uh, I think these these last three weeks is going to be uh, telling. I think if the Dolphins can get into the playoffs, it's going to be Flores. But I'm going to go with uh, Sean McDermott. You know, just just the fact that you know I know they're expected to be good and be a playoff team and all that, but actually, you know, dethrone the Patriots, be the AFC East champions, and and look damn damn good, man. They 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 are a true contender. I know they're not getting as much love and you know like really. Um being seen as a threat to the chiefs, but you know, they, they could dethrone them. They can, they can go on an insane run and, you know, they might be in the AFC championship this year. So just, you know, everything Sean McDermott's done. Um, I think I would give it to him this year so far. Um, the, I, I like that. The, the only thing that concerns me with the bills is just that there's a very good chance. Their offensive coordinator is gone at the end of this year. That day ball gets a head coaching job, which I know is nightmare fuel for the Bills. But I think as long as Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott there, they do have a good thing going. My pick as of right now, and this is going to shock you guys, I think it's got to be Kevin Stefanski. Like, just, I know he had the bad, the couple bad losses, and like Big Rat was saying, they're 21th in the league, and their point differential is really bad. But I think just the turnaround of that organization to how they went from the basement to the very, very basement to... They have potential to overrated to a winning football team. I think what Stefanski has built there and done in his first year, it's kind of similar to like what like Big Rat was saying with Nagy, how he had six wins projected in his first year and they won 12. If the Browns end up winning out, or not even winning out, if they win two of the next three and go 11 and five, there's a very good chance he wins. But then I also, if I had to say who my second is, I'd say Brian Flores is right behind him. And one other guy, I think, if they do make the playoffs, that will get consideration, but I don't know if he'll win, is uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I, I, they both might make the playoffs, so this might not matter. But if only one of the Dolphins-Browns make the playoffs, that very well could be not just competition for a playoff spot, but competition for Coach of the Year. Because if the Dolphins don't make it and the Browns do, I can very well see that Stefanski argument and the reverse so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind either of those two. I wouldn't mind Peyton. It all makes sense to me. No, just something I wanted to point out. Um, well, anyway, guys, that, that does it for today. I was going to talk uh, – we were going to talk college ball, and Phil's going to go on about Coastal, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, the only thing I have to say is, Big Rat, does Blake Baker get fired anytime soon, or what happens there? <laughs> well, look, Manny Diaz is a bad football coach, and he likes to throw everyone under the bus and blame them in press conferences. Like, he's still now in pressers, is blaming players from last year for costing him games last year. He's still passively, aggressively bringing it up. He spent all offseason this year saying that it was all the offensive coordinator's fault, and that's why the team was bad. So it's very much his move to fire Blake Baker, say that was the problem, and then some other problem will come up for the Canes. That sums up my TED Talk on the Canes. Yes. Because we had two head coaching fire, well, uh, two, well, he had a coach firing and college with Gus Malzahn, which I think was well warranted with Auburn because clearly they need someone better for Bo Nick. But anyway, that does it for episode 49. I wish this was 50 because this was one of the most fun episodes to record. We're officially now at the longest YWC football talk ever. But I thank all three of you guys for coming on and Phil. Um, I hope everyone here had a fun time talking football as it was the most people I've had on one podcast. Yeah, man, it's always a blast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Griff. It was a great time.
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Sucks I mean, that the Dolphins won't be in the playoffs. They Dolphins lose this week, but make the playoffs. Fucking book it right now. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, uh, we'll be back after week 15 to recap everything. I hope the if I don't get to talk to these three again on Skype before the holidays, wish them nothing but a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. And we'll see you guys after week 15 uh, to recap that and also to all the action within the college football playoff. So enjoy week 15, everyone. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.